Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. everybody welcome to episode two of the return of beer and money we are part of the pwp nation uh podcasting network you can check out pwpnation.com for all the latest breaking wrestling news some great articles editorials reviews previews and so much more check it out at pwpnation.com you can also follow pwp nation on facebook and at PWP Nation on Twitter. So, with the bills out of the way, it is Friday afternoon, November 4th. Um, we're coming to you live from Brooklyn, New York. And we're going to have an, hope to have a good show for you today. I'm waiting for Toph to uh, join me. Hopefully he does soon. I'm uh, going to go over a lot, of, uh, a lot of little things today. Uh, Obviously, there was the TNA court ruling this week and then the subsequent actions that followed. Um, The status on the money owed to Billy Corgan, uh, a talent that has pretty much announced that they will be departing the company over the next couple of months, Um, and just a lot more as far as the status of the future tapings and the company as a whole. Um, we had Hellenish sell this past weekend, which of course had the controversial ending in the with the women's match that we'll get into. Uh, the PW uh, the PWI top 50 women list came out earlier this afternoon. I'm definitely going to wait for Tof on that one because I definitely want to get his. Thoughts on that as a um, very interesting name at the top of the list. Um, I won't spoil till we get to it, but I will say this. I agree with it. I'm sure PWP Nation's editor-in-chief, Aaron Ramadoff, uh, would agree with it as well, as he's a big fan of the person at number one. And, um, yeah, a lot more, a lot more stuff. Um, some roadblock main event news, the main event for TLC, um, 
yeah, just a lot more uh, news and notes from this week. Uh, a potential problem, too, for WWE that I've seen some people touch on, but I kind of noticed it uh, after this week's TV. I'll get into that. And, uh, yeah, we'll preview Survivor Series as well as uh, NXT TakeOver Toronto. So, with that said, let's get started. So, I'm going to wait for Toe for some of the bigger um, topics. So, I'm just going to touch on some light news. Um, This past Tuesday on SmackDown, WWE had their main event of AJ Styles against Dean Ambrose, with the caveat being if Ambrose could win, it was almost like a second chance he gets a shot against AJ. And that was fine. The problem is now, what are we doing with James Ellsworth? And a couple of, I've seen a couple of guys that run a couple of different sites, Facebook groups, boards, you know, saying how this was eventually going to become a problem. And I didn't pay too much mind to it until Tuesday night. And as many of you know, it's been three days, so I don't consider it a spoiler. Um, Ellsworth got involved in the main event. uh, Looks like he cost Styles the match as he was helping Ambrose. um, Earlier in the night, Ambrose, as well as Daniel Bryan, told him not to get involved, but obviously he did anyway. Um, So... Now, my whole thing with that is is that what do you do with this going forward? And I've got Tofan, so I'm going to bring him in. Hey, Chris, you there? Hey, what's going on? Uh, Nothing much. I was just um, touching on what I have noticed some people saying, and I didn't realize it until Tuesday night, is James Ellsworth is going to be a problem for the WWE in the sense that what do you do with this guy? You know, it's great for, like, a spot, for a comedy thing, for a novelty. But realistically, and it looks like they've given him a deal, supposedly. What do you do with him going forward? Like, what – I I looked at how they booked SmackDown Tuesday night with Ellsworth getting involved and, you know, wink at Ambrose, you know, as if he did it on purpose to help Ambrose win. But, like – I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just don't see where you go with this guy. I mean, do you have any sort of idea what the hell you can do with him? Um, he reminds me a lot of Cheeseburger. Are you familiar with Cheeseburger? Yes, in ROH. Yeah, yeah. He, he reminds me of Cheeseburger. And the thing about Ring of Honor is uh, what I like about Cheeseburger is when they use him, it's like almost like every other month, if that makes sense. Kind of, mm-hmm. like, you'll see him in March, but then you won't see him again until, like, late May. And every time they use Cheeseburger, is usually, like, in a six-man tag or, like, uh, some type of gimmick match, like, of a lot of folks. So mm-hmm. when he gets the tag in, and he – I forgot what he does. He has, like, this gimmick where uh, he hits you, like, with this jiu-jitsu slap that has, like, a delayed reaction where, like – at first, you don't feel it, but then, like, after a few moments, you're like, ow, that hurts. Like, it's, it's kind of funny. So, um, 
But the way that Ring of Honor uses Cheeseburger, it's like comic relief sort of, but it's not like you see him every week. You see him like every once in a while, kind of. Um, that's kind of like what I see with uh, not just James Ellsworth, but talents like that. Um, uh, I think uh, he could probably be similar to Crash Holly, where you use him in a lot of uh, humorous situations. Of course, the benefit that Crash Holly had was the hardcore division and the whole 24-7 thing, mm-hmm. you know, so he had a little bit more creative leeway, you know, so that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I think uh, James Elvorth would probably be a really big hit in NXT. Um, I think in NXT down there, uh, he could definitely be used a little bit more. It's just a one-hour thing. Um, you know, you could do more uh, segments. I think he would have a little bit more leeway to do something on uh, on NXT. So, But uh, as far as, like, what you do on the main roster – I would just say they have to be careful because if you use him too much, then he's going to end up like Hornswoggle. Because when mm-hmm. Hornswoggle first showed up, he was funny, but then he got overused, and then fans kind of—I uh, I won't say fans—turned on him. In my opinion, what happened was when they when they did the change to the PG, they took away some of the because uh, because when they first debuted him, they used to call him little bastard, and yep. he would do stuff like you know bite your fingers and bite your hands and hide underneath the ring. Like, it was funny, you know. And then when they turned PG, they kind of dropped the little bastard thing and they dropped the Finley thing. And he started to do more, you know, kit-like stuff. And that was when a lot of older demographics kind of got tired of him. And, you know, they, they kind of turned on Hornswoggle. So my thing is they just don't need to use him. He's not the kind of person that should be guys like him and guys like Cheeseburger. They shouldn't be on TV every week. They shouldn't be featured Every week, that's how uh, it, it wears off really fast. Uh, and, and another uh, example is Eugene. If anybody remembers Eugene, yes. uh, he was another person that was was overused a lot, and fans turned on him. Um, I'm a big fan of Eric Young. I love Eric Young. I think everything he can do, like whatever whatever role you give him, he knocks it out the park. But unfortunately for EY TNA, I mean TNA, he had a lot of different gimmicks, but in TNA he had more mostly he had more funny comic relief gimmicks than serious gimmicks and it wasn't that the comic relief gimmicks that eric young had were bad it was just that whatever comic relief gimmick he had tna had him doing it for too long like when he was doing the whole uh tag team with orlando jordan or when he was wrestling woman with odb or when he was wrestling like the as the rooster little thing that you would do on Thanksgiving, like TNA had him doing the silly stuff too long. And so when he finally transitioned to a serious, like credible psycho heel, a lot of fans they just had difficulty taking him seriously because he just he did the stuff too long. And I I was always of the belief that if TNA had turned EY into someone you would see every so often but not every week fans, you know, like for instance, take Joseph Parks. When Abyss transformed to Joseph Park, you know, the Park, Park, and Park. I love that gimmick. It was funny. Mm-hmm. It was entertaining. But he, he, he wasn't on Impact every week. You would see him, like, one week on Impact, and like, two other weeks you wouldn't see him. Then you would see Abyss again. Then you would see, like, they they changed it up a little bit. So that's how WWE should use James Ellsworth. He's, but in a nutshell, I'm not exactly sure what you can do with him because, you know, the, the hardcore division, all that stuff is not around. But I do know that he's the type of person that you should not see um, no. every week. You should see him yeah. twice a month, if not once a month. Like me personally, what I would do if I was WWE, like if I was Vince or whoever the hell is in charge of SmackDown, uh, you have Ellsworth, like, um, you know, he accidentally cost Ambrose a match. And, you know, so... 
uh, you know, have, you know, I would have had Dean, like, give him the dirty deeds or something, and then after he gives him the dirty deeds, like, that would have been it for him. He wouldn't have seen him again for the rest of the year. Then the next time I would have booked him probably would be, like, Rumble, have him be, like, number three or number four. Fans will pop. You know, Rumble's a smart crowd. They'll part for him. You know, have Ellsworth go in there and have him eliminate someone. Like, I don't know. Have him get, like, a fluke elimination, like, on Strawman or something, like how Maven did the Undertaker. You know, just just give him a moment, you know. And then whoever whoever he eliminates goes in there and destroys um, Ellsworth. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, he's in a nutshell, he's someone that should be used, like, once. Like, you know, we have four seasons, right? You know, winter, spring, summer. Mm -hmm. Fall. He's the kind of person that should be getting like no more than two appearances per season, and you know, and unless you're going to do something serious with him, ten a year tops. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I don't know where this goes. That's the problem. I mean, I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, he's going to turn on Ambrose eventually." Okay, then what happened? <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't. I don't want him to end up like Rockstar Spud, you know, because what they and then did. The problem's gonna be. Here's what knowing WWE. This is how they'll book it. They'll book it that he'll cost. He'll turn on Ambrose, right? Ambrose will destroy him. The problem is they'll make Ambrose into a heel for doing it. That's fine. He needs to be a heel. His face runs. He needs not to working. be a. He, he needs to be a heel. But I don't need James Ellsworth to be that connection, you know, for him to be a heel. I like the stuff that he was starting to do with but if, but if he turns on Ellsworth, fans will legit boo him because fans like Ellsworth. That's the thing. <sighs> I, I don't know. I, I, I like what he – maybe it's just I liked his stuff he was doing with Cena heading into No Mercy. You're oh, a yeah, part, yeah, Even I though agree. it was all true, you're a part-timer. You're right, a host, you know, what that. are you doing taking – like, have Dean – turn on Cena because Cena comes back let's just say and let's just say he gets the shot at AJ at the Rumble you know after a screwy finish at TLC between AJ and Dean have Dean turn on Cena because of that like what the hell did you do you just walk in here and you're getting title shots like to me like that's your mini (coughs) match right there there's there's a mini mirror to Rumble I would turn mm. Yeah, I think uh, yes. But see, the thing is, though, if you turn him on Cena, fans are going to cheer because no, he's Cena. See, see, Chris, you know what? That would have happened, but you know what? That SmackDown in Philly, when Cena came back after SummerSlam, and they set up the three-way for No Mercy, that was in Philly, and that was the show where Ambrose uh, dirty deed Cena to end the show. It must be because we're in 2016, because in 2015, 14, and so on, it wouldn't have happened. Ambrose got booed to end that show in Philly. That was just that one night, though. Yeah, but that's Philly, I, I don't think that'll happen consistently. I think if they were to go to New that. York or California, Dude, I don't New think York they would boo Ambrose over nah, Cena. I don't know about New York and Philly. They're close, man. This isn't, you know... Nah, I don't think I don't, I don't I don't think if they would go to UK or Canada. I don't think those fans would boo Ambrose. Because you Cena. know what I no think way. people are at with Cena, and there's a guy I talk to on Twitter about this all the time. We're at that point with Cena, where people are starting to realize the end is near. So now it's time to appreciate him. You know, it's not. 
you know, it's not like Cena's and, – and Cena, to his credit, Cena's putting guys over. I mean, he's put AJ over clean. He put Ambrose over on SmackDown. You know, he, he's at that point where he's really starting to give back. And I think that people are starting to appreciate Cena a little more now. And like I said, if it was anywhere else, I would have said, yeah, Ambrose got – but, dude, it was Philly. It was Philly, and – I'm sorry to me that that says something. I went to I went to Raw the night after SummerSlam at the Barclays, and Cena wrestled the main event. It was a dark match: Cena and Ambrose against Christian. There, I'm here. Oh, okay, I heard something click over. I wasn't sure. It was Cena and Ambrose against Rollins and AJ, and everybody got pops. Like very few, none of those four guys got heat really. They all got big pop, but let me tell you something. For for Brooklyn, and I know it was SummerSlam the night before, but for for that crowd, he got a pop and a half, man. When he came, when he when his music hit, he came out. He came out like instantly. The minute Raw went off the air, Roman left because that was the night Roman beat Jericho to qualify for the Fatal Four Way, and then what you call it? Cena came out like right after, and the place went from booing Roman to just going nuts for Cena. Um, I, I think it's a different time with Cena now. I don't know if Ambrose would get cheered. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't I don't know. I, I think I think Philly if, if the fact that it was Philly was telling, but you know, I, I'd rather getting back to the original, I'd rather turn Dean that way. You know, yeah, that's have a, fine. But I still think that um fans like Ellsworth if he have if you have Ambrose attack puny Ellsworth, that'll get legit heat, at least on the casuals, at least. But I do think he does need to turn heel. And from what I understand, um, the shield concept that I understand is that uh, I forgot where I heard this. I heard this like um, like a year and a half ago. The it's like um, the shield concept is. Uh, when they're singles guys, two of them need to be faces and one of them needs to be heel. Like, that was the agreement that, that all three of them. Like, when the Shield was getting ready to end, that was, like, they had a private, supposedly they had to talk about it, and that was what they agreed on. Two of them would be face and one of them would be heel. That was that was what they agreed on. So it was mm-hmm. Roman, Dean as faces, and then yeah. Seth as heel. And, then, and now Seth and Roman our faces, and so this way Ambrose will be heel, and then mm-hmm. they'll do that for a while. Then it will be yeah. Seth and Ambrose, and then Roman right. will be Roman heel. Will be heel. Yeah. And then and then after that, then probably you know by the, by the time all three members have done their um you know hero runs, then they might consider a shield reunion. At which point it will probably be like I don't know. That point like, it'll probably be 2018 at that point. Yeah, 2018, 2019, 2020. Yeah. Basically the the end of what we're in right now. And, you know, if that's the plan, then congrats to them for, for thinking that far ahead, you know, because most times you don't really hear stories yeah. of people booking that far. But that's a good plan. But I definitely yeah. agree Ambrose should be healed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess we'll use that to segue into the other SmackDown turn that's being reported. Apparently the plan is to have AJ as a face going into Mania. Um, that's fine. He's not booed yeah. anyway. Not really. Yeah, he's, he's not booed. Yeah, he's the kind of person like you can boo him when he's doing a promo, but when the bell rings, you don't, you can't really boo someone mm-hmm. because that's what yeah, AJ does. <laughs> especially if you're going to turn Dean heel, you can you can turn AJ face. It, it's getting to a point where 
there's only so many times AJ can face Ambrose, can face Cena. He's had a match or two with Ziggler, so I mean, I guess you could maybe run that gamut. But other than that on SmackDown, that's it. Orton, supposedly it's looking like Orton's going full heel. It, you know, it looks like he's, this is not going to be the Daniel Bryan angle now I'm hearing. Like, I heard that, and I'm, I don't like this at all, but I guess this is where it's going. Apparently, part of the reason why Undertaker's going to appear at that 900 SmackDown is they're, tase, they're, they're toying with the idea of Kane and Taker against Orton and Bray. Oh, uh, not again. <laughs> well, in a tag match. In a tag oh, match. It, it, Bray, it, does not have a, Bray does not have a good history with, with Taker. Yeah, so. I know. I know. That's unfortunate. You know what? If it's a tag match, then, sure, I guess. I'd rather have it be that and have it happen at TLC versus the rumor that was making the round yesterday that they'd be getting ready to set up an Orton Undertaker program for WrestleMania. And I want no part, as good as it was in 2005, I want no part of that as Taker's last WrestleMania. No way. Oh, it's not going to be his last Mania. Taker's just whatever now. You don't, you don't think it's going to, this is it? 25, no. it's 20, it'll be 25 no, matches. No, basically what's going on here, we've talked about it before, um, Taker and Vince have a lot of respect for each other, and, all right, you going for a second. Yeah, I know, you know, oh, this is it for me this year, Vince. Okay, okay, okay. And then, like, around December, hey, how about one more? <laughs> you know, I, I know you've spoken about it with, um, who was that? I think it was, what was that, Mark Henry, supposedly, when Henry's wanted to retire. Hey, how about one more year? And he has a way of just getting it out of you, even when you're not planning to do it and stuff like that. But, I mean, I, I see that. But I, I, I've always been old school in the fact that I thought 25 would be the number for him. I always thought it would be 25 and 0. Yeah, sorry but, about that. No, um, it's okay. I, yeah, from, from, from what I understand, like, to pick it back on what you were saying, um, like uh, 20, you know, like when he was doing the whole thing with Triple H at WrestleMania 28, you know, mm-hmm. Hell in a Cell and Shawn Michaels was the ref and stuff like that. And from from what I understand, there's a there's a guy I know in the business, and I don't want to put his name out on blast, but I've known him since about 2010. He's pretty reliable and talk to him every so often. From what I understand, like when he did that match with Triple H at the time, um, that was pretty much it for him. He didn't have anything else. 20 and 0 was the plan. And then, you know, when they did Mania 29, the thing with Punk was so last minute, you know. I've I've always told people to go back and look at that Mania 29 program. It was because normally when Taker, traditionally when he has a Mania match, his Mania matches usually have have months of build. Sometimes for Taker, uh, like most, most Mania programs, they start to build as early as Rumble. But for a lot of Taker's matches, sometimes they'll start as early as like November. Well, that only November. started with Michael's second match. Right, 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 you know. Because Michael went out at the, what was that, the Slammies mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. put the challenge, and then they built it from there. But, yeah, that was like the Michael, That was like December or something. Yeah. You know, and, but what happened with that punk thing was, um, you know, because when they did that punk thing, that was like three weeks before Mania 29. I remember he just randomly showed up at, at Raw, and they had like that random Fatal 4-Way mm-hmm. where it was like the winner's going to fight Taker. And from what I understand, from what my source told me, um. Vince was kind of back in the corner because he already made up his mind on Roxena too, and they were going to do Lesnar at Triple H at Mania. So 
Um, you know, you have Brian who was in Team Hell No, like pretty much everybody was occupied, mm-hmm. so there was no one for Punk to fight. And so That would have been Vince, interesting. Yeah, so Vince pretty much called uh, Taker and was like, look, man, we got Punk, and he's got no one to work with, so, you know, can you do this? And from, from what I was told, Taker was pretty much like, okay, because the respect that Taker and Vince have for each other yeah. in a nutshell, take, Vince can pretty much call Taker like on a speed dial. At any, mm-hmm. Like, he could call Taker on a Vince speed dial today. Vince could call Taker today. tonight and have, and have Taker on Raw Monday night. Pretty much, pretty much. So Taker, he's like that co-worker mm-hmm. that, you know, that reliable co-worker. It's like, oh, yeah. hey, man, can you take my shift? Like, that's who Taker that's- is. So, you know, he could, you know, if, if Vince could say, hey, man, I need you to work Ellsworth, and Taker would do it <laughs> because he's Vince. <laughs> so, you know, I don't have anything against Taker Orton. It just seems kind of, uh, if if they did Taker Orton, then they would just pretty much, if, if they did Taker Orton, all that tells me is that um, they're out of options because who they want is just not there. You know, like, you know, Kurt's not there. Um, they can't. They couldn't get Shanta. They couldn't lure him back. You know, there's no NXT dudes for him to fight. So if they do Taker Orton, all that tells me is just lack of options. They don't have I, anything I else. I think the only match left for Taker at Mania is Cena. That's the only one I think that's left. I'm hearing all types of crazy stuff. I'm hearing stuff like uh, Taker Goldberg. I don't know where that came I've from. I've heard that. Um, I, I know Tech and a few others. I know Tech and Nate. And a few others have messaged me. Uh, I don't really watch that JBL thing. Uh, I know he does the little Legends of JBL. I've yes, heard good things which about is very it. Good. Also, Let me yeah, tell you something, Chris. You ever got a couple hours to kill? I think there's like four or five of them. That, very good. Right, very I'll have good. to sit down and watch them. But I know uh, Tech and and uh, and Nate and Jay and a few others have told me, look, man, like go sit down and watch that Sting interview. And some people are saying like Sting possibly like implied that he's not done and i was just kind of like yeah because i don't want to get my hopes up but uh i do remember he did say this this isn't goodbye see you later and how cryptic sting has always been sting basically yeah sting yeah sting sting went there Mm -hmm. sting went there in that interview and it was after it was around i think it was a little after mania so it was it was after the injury it was the Hall of Fame. It was after the Hall of Fame. I just, I don't think, I don't think he's had the surgery. Mm-hmm. All I know been, is, right? all I know is the photo where I freaked out was like at Mania 31. I know they shared a locker room. There was a photo of them together, like as themselves. You know, when they were they were undressing, getting dressed up for their mm-hmm. for their matches. But I know for a fact that they did share a locker room at well, Mania 31. And then there was the airport picture. Right, the airport picture, you know. So the idea was discussed, and from what I understand, mm-hmm. Taker wasn't against it. It was just kind of one of those, well, WWE wants me to do this, or they want us to do this. It was kind of one of those things where it's like at the moment it wasn't available, but like mm-hmm. we'll see down the road. So yeah. it's definitely still plausible. But um, I just you know. wonder if Sting could take, with that injury, if he could take a choke slam or even a tombstone. What they would have to do is, um, I think you could, uh, I, I disagree with Jay sometimes, but I think that um, Jay's on the money. I think I talked to him once a while ago, and he said he thinks the match could happen, but it would have to be a different kind of match. Like, it would have to be 
kind of more of a street fight, you know, like how where folks, you know, have the taped up gloves and it's more about like punches and kicks and stuff like that. Uh, weapons and blood. Basically, yeah, you, he was. You need to get to. You need to get to the taker sequence, though. And the same thing, with, like you'd have to let Sting hit his moves. You'd mm-hmm. have to get to that sequence. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even all right, even a hell's like the like even the leg drop on the apron, like yeah, yeah, take, yeah. Taker's kind of Taker would kind of be crippled with what he could do again with like that's the only thing with that injury is that you know Taker's got you know I'm just saying let's say Taker's got ten signature moves whatever mm-hmm. he's probably lost seven or eight of them because of the injury to Sting. Mm-hmm. That's the I, only I guess thing. We'll, I guess we'll know more about that uh, later. But uh, I, I, that tag match though just seems kind of yeah, you know that that Bray Taker thing left a lot of bad taste in I people's know. mouth. So. I know. <laughs> I know. It's it's not even so much that WrestleMania did, Survivor Series did for me. Mm-hmm. Like I could understand Taker coming back and needing to win at Mania. Okay, I I I get that. Although. You know, listen, you know, that would have been a great spot for Bray, you know, and at this point, you know, let Taker kind of put some guys over on, you know, on what is the last legs of his career, but that Survivor Series tag match, that's, and especially when you had the out, they could have pinned Kane. There, and let, there was your chance. There was your chance. And if you mm. wanted to make Strowman the monster that they were saying, what you should have done was Bray and Strowman against Taker and Kane, have Strowman annihilate Taker on the outside, and have Bray hit Sister Abigail on Kane and get the pin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There definitely needs to be a compromise with the Bray Wyatt character. I think everyone traces the uh, the uh, the red flags back to the Cena match and Really, all I have to say about the match he had with Cena at WrestleMania 30 was in the context of the story that they were telling, Bray Wyatt didn't care about winning. He didn't care about beating Cena. He right. just simply wanted to prove that Cena wasn't who he said he was. But Come at on. the same on, time, say say you it. could argue that Cena, he gained nothing from beating Bray either. So it was kind of one of those things where, um, you know, he, Cena gained nothing from beating him, and, and then they had their rematch, which was a cage match the very next month. And what I remember about that match that I didn't like was uh, Bray was a heel, but he, even though he was a heel, all the matches he had won up to that point, he won without help. Like, he didn't need uh, the Wyatt family to interfere in his matches, and, and he beat Cena with help. And not only did he beat him with help, but he beat him with help in a cage, which really pissed no. me off because the no. cage hang on. is... hang on. Hmm, that's not exactly how that happened, because I was there. He mm-hmm. beat Cena. I guess you can technically call it help. Remember he had the kids in the sheep mask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he beat Cena. Harper yes, and Rowan didn't get involved. It was still an uncharacteristic win yeah, for, the, was, for the heel. Yeah, it was weird. Where, where, where that feud went to crap, and I'm glad you brought up the whole point about WrestleMania, that it wasn't about Bray beating him. It was about mm-hmm. Bray trying to bring out... That that monster, that beast, like that. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never forget. There's a spot where Bray's on his knees and Cena's got a chair, almost mm-hmm. like that old Rocky Shamrock clip, mm-hmm. where Shamrock's on his knees and he's like, "Come on, bring it!" And Rocky waffles him, almost kind of like the same thing. And Bray's like, "Come on, do it! Like let's let's go." 
And Cena doesn't do it. The WrestleMania match was like the, quote-unquote, the battle for Cena's soul. The mm-hmm. cage match was, okay, that's Bray getting the one, two, three. Where yeah, that feud went when they did shit. That, that last man standing. When they did that last that's man standing. Where the feud, yeah, that's you, where the whole feud went to shit. Yeah, you knew you knew where the writing was there. Cena has yeah. a pretty, pretty good track record in those kind of matches. That's so. where it went to shit. Yeah. See, what I would have did, what I would have did to protect Bray was I would have had Cena go over Bray as usual. I would have had him beat Bray, and then after the match, I would have had Cena, like, do something unnecessary. Like, give him an attitude adjustment on the table, or, like, an attitude adjustment. Like, say, for instance, in the match, Bray took a steel step outside, and he was going to, like, deliver a sister Abigail, like, on the steel mm-hmm. steps. Like, I would have had Cena give him an attitude adjustment on the table or an attitude adjustment, like, on the steel steps outside. Just something unnecessary. Like, you already won. Yep. You, he was, you didn't have to do that. By just doing that, you're basically giving in. Like, Bray, he'll lose. But yeah. then as, as Cena's walking away, Bray, Bray can win, laugh. Right. Bray and he could be like, because... I told you. Right, you yep. know, I told you he wasn't doing That's what I would have did. Because yep. that way it could have protected Bray because he could have yep. proved his point. But instead they just had Cena beat him, and that was the end of it. He mm-hmm. just moved on. That was, so, yeah. And then Bray, I mean, and this is what gets lost in the shuffle with Bray, and this is why the Cena thing's so damaging. How many times I've had conversations with people. Do you remember that Bray beat, and granted they weren't the biggest names in the world, but they were still feuds that he won. Bray beat Ryback. He beat Jericho. He won the Ambrose feud. And the problem is none of that matters because the damage was already done with Cena. It didn't matter that he had won three feuds in a row and was was beating Brian when Brian came back in January. He beat Brian heading in, I think, that the was weird before too. the Rumble. That was really weird. Yeah. I, I didn't agree with that. Because yeah. not, not that I not that I have anything against Brian losing, but considering the history of the two, mm-hmm. I didn't like how they just randomly had matches with no build. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you, you could have built that up. Yeah. I, I I remember them specifically having like a random match on Raw with like no build. I was like, what the fuck? That mm-hmm. makes no sense. But um, yeah, he did beat Brian. He did. But you know, um, and he was booked solid heading into Taker. The problem is the damage was done in May. With Cena, mm-hmm. the damage was so bad coming out of that last man standing match. You forget the fact that he won four feuds mm-hmm. heading into the Taker match. You it's know, the Cena had, curse. Yeah. Yeah. You so, know, he had a good Cena. run. He had a good run in the Rumble up until the point where Big mm-hmm. Show eliminated him. You know, he had a good good run in the. He had a great good great showing in the Rumble. I mean, the guy was booked. I mean, as solid as can be. You know what the sad thing is, though? They're doing this little alliance with Orton. The -hmm. thing is, if you did Orton versus uh, Lesnar now with Bray in his corner, it would probably be more interesting. It's too bad they did this after the fact. You know, like if you did did this alliance like two months earlier, because you could go back to how the Wyatts eliminated Lesnar and Mm -hmm. they didn't follow that up. You know, so if if you do Bray or if you do Orton against Lesnar, you know, you could have Harper and and Bray and a fear. And then there's your Bray or there's your Bray Heyman promos. I just feel like I'm I'm not shitting on the Orton Wyatt thing. I just think that it's two months too late. It's like if you did this earlier, it would have been potential 
I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's different, you know, because, like, if you do Orton against Lesnar or Bray against Lesnar, you know it's business as usual, suplex, suplex, F5, whatever. But, like, if you do Orton against Lesnar with Orton having help, there's that, hmm, I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe you don't, you don't know, you know. Like, Harper and Wyatt are pretty big dudes. And the and problem yeah. is, too, they wasted that rematch on a house show, and they acknowledged that it happened. Like, yeah. you could even have done SummerSlam. Okay, SummerSlam happened the way it happened. Okay, no problem. Then you can have Orton be like, this is the missing piece. I want my rematch with Brock Lesnar. I have, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt has shown me the way. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, Right, right, yeah, yeah. You know, he's shown me the way, and I, I can now, you know, the, the eater of worlds can help the viper conquer the beast. You know, you, you know. Let's say they're credit, uh. I do like what they're doing with uh, with Luke Harper, and hopefully it goes somewhere. Like you know, Orton's doing the pose, and and Bray's cool, and Harper's giving him that look where he's like, "I know you don't. I know you're faking it. Like I know, you know, you don't really believe what he's saying. Like I'm on to you." And yeah. and Bray's just kind of like not listening. He's just you know. So I do hope which, this leads somewhere. Which would be very interesting if if they do stick with this, with Orton being the heel, that eventually. Bray will turn on Harper. Yeah, man, I hope so. And and to and to Bray's credit, I've said it before, it's it's not that um there's a lack of interest from fans. It's just the booking because yeah. every time they've ever teased something different with Bray, the fans have reacted. You know that yeah. really shitty 2015 Rumble, as bad as it was, when they did that tease of Harper and Rowan turning on Bray. Those fans reacted to it, or this year at the Rumble when they teased Triple H versus Bray, you know, yep. where they had that temporary face, you know, fans reacted to that. I was, mm-hmm. I was really upset. I was like, why is Triple H wasting his time working with Roman? He needs to be working with Bray. There's a feud right there. Or uh, what was the other tease? When they were teasing the Bray face turn earlier this year before yeah. he got hurt, right where it was him and Roman. Yeah. Yeah, fans yep. reacted to that too. So every time they've attempted something different with Bray, mm-hmm. the fans have always reacted. So because it's not like the it fans is? don't care; it's, they still come care. Come on, do it and pull the trigger on him already. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's you know, let's let's go. You know exactly. You know wh- what do you want? What do you want to do with him? Do it. You know we're, we'll we'll totally dig it. Like let's look, let's mm-hmm. go. Yeah, you're you're a hundred percent right. Like. So I hope yeah. they at least. So if this if this leads to something, if this leads to Bray turning on Harper or Harper turning on Bray, I just hope that whatever they do, they actually like pull the trigger because to me, like that's kind of Bray's career what in a nutshell. That? It's like what every that? time they're gonna tease something different, they just it's like they they tease it and they're just kind of like nah, never mind. Nah. Yeah. What about Harper and Orton against Bray? Okay, that works. Yeah, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right, though. You nailed it right on the head. It's so like we want to, you know, we'll get behind just about anything you want to do with him. You know, there is no, no, we're not going to like that, you know. Like, Mm -hmm. it's almost like, you know, we're we're telling you, pardon the pun, yes, you know, just just do it. You don't have to worry, (laughs) you know. We're going to like it. And I'm sure he'll be okay, you know, but what I'm really worried about him is, um, you know, down and down in NXT, you got uh, Eric Young and Sanity, and, and granted, they'll be there for a while, you know, but yeah. sooner or later, those dudes are going to be on the main roster, and yeah, when that you, happens... you know what? This is where the split is good. You could put them on the opposite show. 
You can, you can, but if if you continue wasting Bray like this, fans are going to lose interest and they're just oh, going to, yeah. you know, pay yeah. attention to to the very similar right. sanity thing. You know, Let that's what's going to hurt Bray. You know, so his that's why key, I hope it I, works. I think honestly, for Wyatt, I think his key is going to be how he's booked at WrestleMania this year. Well, first of all, he just needs to get a match. That's what he he needs to get on the well, card yeah. first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, but. You know, that's where he, that's, I think, going to be, because we're at that point now. He debuted in 2013, the summer of 2013. Going on four years this year. Okay? It's time. You've Mm -hmm. teased it, you've teased it, you've teased it. It's time. And I, I don't know, I mean, there's a lot of rumors as to what, you know, Mania is you know could be what it's going to be you know you know who's getting title matches you know who they're looking to bring out to fight this one who they're trying to get to come in to fight that one you know who's coming up the night after and the Tuesday after he needs a solid spot on that card and I, and I'll be honest with you if you can run this story long enough I'll even take a big Bray Orton match at WrestleMania with him going over Orton. I would take and it. That's fine, as long as they actually wrestle hard and they're motivated. Right. <laughs> no offense to Orton, but, you know, well, I've, yeah, I've been throwing shit. That's the guy you got to be worried about. For, for a while, you know, Orton, <laughs> he goes out there no. and he's, he sandbags a lot. no. <laughs> you, Orton, no. Yeah. I, I, I don't think in the in the four in the four and a half years I've known you, my friend, I don't think I've ever heard you say a bad word about <laughs> Randy Orton. <sighs> anyway, what else is online for discussion take, today? Uh you want you wanna to go to court and and touch on that? <laughs> Man, it's too bad it's not like an actual T V thing. I'd be curious to see the ratings for folks that watch that court thing. So yeah, so yeah, I mean, all right, so Billy lost. Basically, they told Billy, we'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today, not to use an old Popeye reference. And Anthem issued a statement. Apparently, according to Anthem, Billy hasn't asked for his money yet. Mm-hmm. That's what the fucking court thing was about. <laughs> That's what Billy's tweets on social media were about. Oh, well, what like do you I mean told the guy has like I, like I told Dave, man, if you took a time machine, if you put Dixie Carter in the Prohibition era, you would have never heard of Al Capone, Babyface Nelson, oh, Bonnie and Cloud. Dixie would have killed them all, man. Mm-hmm. Maybe we were wrong. Maybe she is a big, maybe she is a good businesswoman. Maybe we've underestimated her all this time. I, I look at it like this: she's the biggest <laughs> prostitute ever. All she does is take is take people's money, fucks them, and leaves. Yeah, Stephanie, better be careful. I think bitch healed the year. She, Dixie's getting really close to to surpassing <laughs> her. If she, you know, she's gonna be really careful. This is. I give this, and I'm not saying this to be a do. I give this a year. I I I I think by this time next year, it's over. Oh, I, of course. I mean, a lot of I don't people in the company. I'm, obviously, a lot of people in the company just straight up said that they wanted a. Billy. Yeah. Um, I know Maria tweeted something. I she was going to touch on that, that she's 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 going to be gone in, by the summer. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and also, yeah, it's not looking ben, good. Bennett tweeted back to bad business as usual. 
The only thing I have a problem with with Bennett tweeting that is, dude, you got in there in January. You didn't live through some of the real shitty times in that company. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Well, God, like, is when the, uh, was when the official Facebook page was posting about it, and I was like, why would you do – and then, like, the comment section, they're just tearing Dixie apart, and I'm just kind of like, who's, well, who's now running this page? They're even, you know? they're even tweeting, because I guess Anthem and Aerolux have been addressing Corgan's tweets, because Corgan's been tweeting out some stuff about – I was suppo- and it's true. He was supposed to get his money, I think, on Tuesday – there was a report that said they told him, give us 24 hours to get it together, because it's $1.8 million, and he still hasn't been paid. And, like, Aerolux and Anthem are addressing him, and whoever runs the Impact Wrestling and Dixie's Twitter account have been retweeting that stuff. Dude, let it, don't, let it, like, who's ever running her Twitter, just, she needs to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's going to be the interesting point. I know when they taped, and I know they've been airing stuff out of order, and I wonder if that's on purpose. They did tape some stuff with him and whoever that guy was. Who was, who was, that, who was that guy with him? What guy? The guy. Have you been watching Impact? Mm-hmm. You talking who about the dude with Billy? Yeah. Oh, the O'Shea guy? Who is that? Uh, he was he was on one of those gut checks a while back. Is that Aiden O'Shea? Is that who yeah. that is? Yeah, Aiden O'Shea. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, they gave him, they 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 give him some kind of mobster gimmick or something. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. But they taped segments with Billy in you know Billy coming out and Billy in the ring. I'm assuming you, you're not going to air those now because they they already announced Billy's not the president of the company anymore. I mean, it's so strange know. too. You know, that, that's not a weird thing because it's like for years. Like the weird thing about TNA TV, you know, because we, we don't actually talk about the actual TNA product that much, but which is the a weird shame. thing. Of, which yeah, is a shame because to be fair, ever since the move to pop, it's been good. Mm, the yeah, the shows, for the most part, have been very good. Yeah, they've been you very know, good. People the talk about development's been good. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the storylines have, for the most part, have progressed well. And then, and, the, and the most important thing they've done, which has always been a big weakness for TNA, is you can look at the product right now and you know exactly where someone is on the card. You know, mm-hmm. like in the in the past, you would see guys like Aries or Rude or Storm, and, and you wouldn't know exactly where. And we're even doing. the guys who don't have something specific, mm-hmm. they're tied in somewhere. Right. You know. So you know, the, like the, TV like the world title good. picture. The world title picture. Is Edwards, it's Lashley, it's EC3. You know, Drake is an option because he's got that. I really like the, uh, since you brought up, I really like the uh, the uh, promos that Eli and EC3 oh, are yeah. doing. Yeah. Really good they, promos. They together have worked well together. You know, and you've got, yeah, you know, you've got Drake because of that, that bound for gold thing mm-hmm. that he won. So I'm seeing got, I'm seeing a lot of like ECW '95 often and Eli very very similar. When very good promos. Yeah, mm. you know, so you have guys there. Then you've got, you know, the Hardys are your tag guys. The DCC guys are the tag guys. The Tribunal guys are going after the belts, mm-hmm. even though they're involved in this whatever that six man series that's going on. Yeah. You know, Decay X, could X still yeah, whatever. Right. You know, Decay could still pop in to the tag title picture at any time. You know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the, what you call it, the 
what was the title that they just created? That the Grand Championship out. title. Yeah. You know it's Sandow. You know it's Jesse Goddard's now. You know eventually when he comes back, Galloway is going to be, you know, a factor in it. The only thing they got to work on really is the knockout division. They got to, they got to work. Well, yeah, on that. that thing, that thing has fallen completely, mm-hmm. completely apart. And, and the only reason yeah. I say that is because you know that was one of the things that made TNA stand out, and and now WWE is just. Somewhere along the way, like the tides have changed. Now WWE has a good women's division, and TNA oh, is just it's, it's, kind of kind let of there. Let me ask you this: you It's know? funny you mention that. Pick any era of the TNA knockouts. Mm-hmm. Like, is any the, era? Is today's women's division better? Um, I don't know. I that, don't know. That would be a good comparison thing. Because to, to me, like um. To me, TNA when they were at their, I remember when they were just when they were blowing away. Um, when TNA's women's division was at their best was like um, was like 2009, 2010 because they had Gail, they had um, not Gail, Gail, um, Gail was Gail there, was but gone. she left. Yeah. She right, right, Gail she was, was gone. gone. But, Gail was in WWE. Right, right, but you had um, you had Awesome Kong, you had, you Kong. had uh, Tara Victoria was there, mm-hmm. um, the beautiful people were there. Was um, who? Mick, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey came in uh, 2010, so she came okay. later. But like, All right, if you, but we, took, you know what? I'll give you Mickey to that group. I'll give right, you Mickey. Right, right, right. Right. If you took like the knockouts from like 2000, like the knockouts from like 2009 to 2010, was when, in my opinion, they were the most diverse because you had Awesome Kong, you had Victoria, you had Mickey, uh, you had Daphne. You had other chicks coming out every so often, like Roxy. If you remember Roxy. You had ODB, you had uh Rosita and Sarita. Uh mm-hmm. Sarita's really good. I don't I don't know where she is. She was very talented. You had that Taylor Wilde chick. Um, I was just gonna ask you about her. I thought she was a little earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what was the other Japanese chick they had? The one that Awesome Kong team with. Um I think her was name was Hamada. Hamada? Hamada? Yeah, yeah, Hamada. Hamada. Yeah. yeah, they had a really good roster. It was very, very diverse and it was very talented. Um I think that um the, uh, the 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 in ring talent that WWE has for the women today is superior, but if you're just talking like full package, like characters, experience, and in ring ability, um, knockouts from like oh nine to twenty ten, that was like their peak. They were really good because I remember that's, at that period that's of time. That's an interesting comparison. Mhm, because during that period of time, all WWE had was um they they were doing the uh the McCool thing, the Lay Cool thing, which was an and obvious Phoenix rip off of uh, the beautiful people. The beautiful and, people. Yeah, you had Phoenix. You, you had Natty. Yeah, that was pretty much all they had. It was a very weak division. Yeah, then so. you had like you had the Bellas, but the Bellas weren't the Bellas yet. Yeah, they were just they were I still think, yeah. uh they were still uh fan service to guest hosts. Right. You had I think you had Alicia Fox. Mm-hmm. Did you have Jillian Hall still, or was Hall gone by then? I think she was gone by then. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm you didn't sure. have much. Yeah. You didn't have much. But if you were to take today's, uh, if you were to take today's <sighs> female talent and you were to put them against the knockouts in like 2009, 2010, that's an interesting. Yeah, that's pretty close. But but somewhere along the way, things changed, man, because it was like all the female talents they had left. Uh, allowed their contracts to expire, were released, were injured, or they quit wrestling. And, and, and you know, like, to, you know, I'll give credit to, 
I'm, I'm willing to wait and see where it goes with, with Brandy, Cody's wife, because when, when um, what's her name, when Taryn Terrell, when Tiffany, when she went to TNA, um, at the time, it was just like, okay, big deal, just a former WWE diva in TNA. But Taryn got really good. She improved. She got better. And I actually thought she was one of the better female talents in the world, not just in TNA, but just in general. She really came into her own. And just when it seemed like she was really starting to come into her own, she retired and became a born-again Christian. And I was like, oh, yeah. that sucks, oh, but I can't. That, yeah. You know, that was that, probably one of the only things that, from a TV perspective, that really hurt them, you know, because they were focusing, yeah, they were that, focusing the entire division around her. And the problem is too, it's like it was almost like that dollhouse gimmick became cursed because okay, she, whatever, mm-hmm. she made her decision and she left. Mm-hmm. Then they put Kong in, and then mm-hmm. Kong had the incident with Rebby Sky, and that's so And, and, and they, since then, Jade and Marty Bell have just been there, and they're right. But then things. they even tried it with that rebel chick, and that just fell flat on its face. And then they just—I right. think Maria just came out on it when because she mm. was like the head of the knockouts. I think Maria just came out on Impact one night and was like, "She's like, yeah, she's like, you guys are done." Yeah, and you can tell that TNA as a company doesn't know what to do with Jade or Marty Bell, and they're both very talented. I think you should be focusing the division around them, but TNA. I mean, By I the love Gail. Speaking I of love Marty Gale, Bell. But, Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get to this. Speaking of Marty Bell, it is criminal that she is ranked 32 on the top, the PWI top 50, with Amber Gallows ahead of her, mm-hmm. Dana Brooke ahead of her. That's that's criminal right there. Yeah. Nia ahead of her. Yeah, that's not fair at all. Yeah, she's she's very good. Uh, she was one of the first. I've, I've never told the story. She was actually one of the very first. Um, yeah, that's people like four in the or business. five that are like, what the fuck are they doing? Mm-hmm. She she was actually Marty Bell was one of the first people, like literally, like one of the first wrestlers that actually added me on Facebook. I remember she added me in like 2009, and at first I just thought she was this cute chick, but then I checked out her profiles and I was like, oh cool, like she's a wrestler and she was doing indies. I actually had conversations with her, like I messaged her. It's funny. The funny thing about it is a lot of wrestlers have Facebooks, and it's like as fans, sometimes you're just afraid to message them, you know, because they're wrestlers. I'm sure they get harassed all the time, and it's true. Some of them don't want to be harassed, but some of them are really cool. Like, I'm friends with the Pope on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm friends with Lance Storm on Facebook. Sometimes you message them, and they'll just talk to you. I'm friends with like, him on Twitter. Storm is awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're great, man. Sometimes you just, like, to any listeners out there, don't be nervous. Like, sometimes just message them, and you never yeah. know. They message back, and they're really cool. And I, have a lot, I haven't talked to Marty Bell recently, but I used to talk to her all the time in 2009, Like, I'll be honest with you. Another one who, and I know she gets a bad rap, especially because of what happened Mm-hmm. On the on the last UK tour for TNA, but I I've spoken I I've spoken to Kong on Facebook, and mm-hmm. you know you know she she was nothing but polite. I've heard good things about nothing her too. She just she just has polite. temper like, issues sometimes. Like not to get not to get too personal, but mm-hmm. you know everyone knows Kong had that miscarriage at, at childbirth. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I mm-hmm. had a rough miscarriage as well before our son with with, with twins. Mm-hmm. And when she announced her thing, I sent her a link to something that helped my wife get through it. 
because it's mm-hmm. no matter what where you are with the pregnancy, Chris, it's and I've gone through it a few times unfortunately with my wife. It doesn't matter if it's the very beginning, the middle, the end. It fucking sucks. It is it the hurts worst all the thing same. in the fucking world, man. It it is. Mm-hmm. It is. That's why that's why my son is like my miracle. Like you know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like somebody once said to me, Oh, all you do is put up pictures of your son. Yeah, fuck you, because you know what? If you knew the <laughs> journey I went to if you knew the journey we went to to get to him, you'd be doing the same fucking thing too. But I sent her a link. Just like, hey, you know, my condolences, my fam you know, me and my wife, we went through the same thing here. She actually responded back. And you know, which was cool. And then a couple months after when we were really when we were really getting the interviews on PWP, mm-hmm. I reached out to her. She wasn't with WWE, she wasn't with TNA. I reached out to her and she very politely and very nicely said, you know, oh, I'm paraphrasing along the lines like she appreciated the gesture, but at this time she's not doing any type of interviews, nothing, you know, mm-hmm. no podcast, no nothing. You know, she just she just wasn't doing it. Okay, no problem. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, for every person that won't answer you or won't acknowledge, mm. you know, that you you get someone like her, like a Marty Bell, like Paul, right, like right. Lance Storm. You just you don't know. know, you know. You just yeah, throw you get guys like that. Like, like you, Storm is awesome. Like, mm-hmm. and to all the I mentioned the Elks Lodge. Yeah, I mentioned the Elks Lodge on Queens Boulevard to Storm, mm-hmm. where ECW used to run, and I used to go, and that was like. That was it. It was like I'm okay. a huge storm mark, dude, man. I love that was one of the few good things about oh. like WCW two thousand when they were oh. doing the Canadian triple crown where he had all the belts. Oh. If I can be serious for a second. That, I will the, I will defend Lance to, to death. I love that. Let guy. me tell you something. One of the best moments of WCW two thousand, which gets lost because of all the shit that went on, <laughs> was the new blood rising match with him <laughs> and Mike Awesome and Jacques Rougeau as the Canadian rule enforcer with his <laughs> little book, back pocket size book and every time Awesome would beat Storm, he'd pin him. Then they would say, Well no, you gotta pin him for a five count. He'd pin him for the five count. Now he's got ten seconds to get up and then you gotta pin him again. And Awesome would do everything they threw at him. You know? It was like yeah. you know but and, and then Storm finally, <laughs> excuse me, Storm finally won. And what also gets forgotten about that, they were in Canada and Hart came out and you know, there was this underlining thing that oh Hart's gonna come out against storm that that's where this is all building to Hart comes out and like hugs him and the place <laughs> went nuts and it, it was one of the greatest things like it was like 27 minutes of just besides being pure comedy just mm-hmm. pure greatness like there not you to go, get off w- topic a little bit but that was kind of one of um WCW's weaknesses and it was one of those things where uh, once I got older and looked back on it, it, it became more apparent to me because when I was younger, I didn't really notice it because WCW, they had the popularity and they had the money at least to do it temporarily. They 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 could have worked more areas internationally and it was like they didn't. You would always see WWF at the time, you know, they would go to Canada, they would go to UK and, and attempt to do shows. Yeah, but you know where views. WCW had them? 
and and I I would think this was the bigger of the two to be honest with you. WCW had them in Japan. Yeah, they had them. You in Japan. couldn't you couldn't touch WCW in Japan. They had all the working relationships there. They did. They they you know okay. They may not have ran you know Frankfurt Germany or the O2 Arena, but you know what? They ran mm. the Tokyo Dome. Mm, right, right. But, and of uh, the two, I would rather mm. have I would rather have Japan. Mm-hmm. But to uh, get back to the earlier topic at hand, just to listeners out there, you know, so if you have a friend on Facebook that's, that's, that has a, someone in the business added or if you see someone in the business and you know it's a real legit account and it's not a fake or whatever, you know, just message them. You never know. They might message back and stuff like that. But uh, I've been, you know, what you said before about, you know, because we, we were talking about um, just the females and, and WWE's current talent versus TNA's old talent, and, and you can tell that TNA as a company, they just they don't know creatively what to do with Jade or Marty Bell because mm-hmm. they were they were used throughout the entire um, dollhouse thing, and every no time to Gail Kim, but the the title should be centered around at least if you don't want to do Marty Bell, I don't agree with that, but I can see it. Jade should be at least right, the right, focal right, point right, of right. that. I don't, of that I don't title. agree. With, I don't Whether agree with that holding, at all. You don't agree with me at all on that? No, no, no. I don't. I don't agree with that at all. You know what they're doing with Gail. Oh, know, like, okay. I was gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, like, because whether Jade is chasing or defending, she's the type yeah. of knockout. Not to the degree of Oscar, but you could almost make her. And I'm not saying for Tina to copy WWE, but you could make her that type of. No, they're very champion, similar. They're, they're very or, similar. They used to work. Yeah. They used to work together all the time. It's just, yeah. you know, just Oscar. She got the big break first, and that's just how it is. Sometimes, you know, Sami Zayn or El Generico and Kevin Steen, they worked the Ring of Honor, and mm-hmm. you know, El Generico he got signed first. And sometimes, when you get signed first, you get you get more exposure. Like that, eventually, Gail's going to get to a point where it's over. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, and what I don't like match. about that is uh, she should have like, if you were going to put her in the Hall of Fame, like I was like, that's cool. But making her, like, because, cause, cause see, what, what I didn't like about the feud was, if you're going to make it about Gail and Maria, like, that's fine. I didn't disagree with that. Or it I needs disagree, to be about the title. Yeah, I didn't, dis- I didn't agree with the title, because Jade was and, the champion, and they got the, they got the belt off of Jade, and they put it on that Sienna chick who's which cool. Which is fine. Which is right, fine. And somewhere Sienna's along the way, somehow. Right, right, and somehow, some way, Maria got involved in it, and I was like, the title is not needed. And yeah, you know, the main point I'm trying to make is, um, you know, because when when Cedric Alexander was with Ring of Honor and when Tommaso Ciampa was with Ring of Honor, they were both very talented, and for whatever reason, Ring of Honor as a company just refused to to push them consistently. By the way, is, is, is Ciampa still technically suspended indefinitely by Ring of Honor? Because I know that was his last storyline. He was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the story, yeah. The story was, I think, the story was like if he hit a ref or an authority figure yeah. or someone like that, he'd be suspended. But I remember, like Ring of Honor, they just they wouldn't consistently push him, yeah. uh, Cedric or Tommaso. And I remember I kept tweeting on Twitter, uh, you know, to Ring of Honor and to the officials. I was like, look, man, you guys need to fucking treat these guys like they matter because if you don't. They're going to leave, and they're going to go well, elsewhere. Speaking of that's, which, that's what real happened. Real quick, with Ring of Honor, ACH just left this week. Oh shit! As well, yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, ACH is great, and and yeah. for whatever reason, it's like they keep using ACH for the same stuff. Like if they get like a six man tag, or mm-hmm. like a, 
that he's always in a six-man tag, or he's always in the opener. He, he's, he's he always must have saw the writing on the wall with the six-man tag title that's coming in, that right. that would probably be, at best, his ceiling there. Right, right. That's, you know, and, and I feel like, okay, because I, I feel like he could at least like be TV champion for a bit, yeah. like give him a run, and, and they just wouldn't do it. Uh, he's marketed himself. At the very least, he could put well. on a good a good set of matches with uh, with Fish. You know, he, you know. Yeah, you know, and they just there's you know, and so a lot of times wrestling fans, everyone knows about the mistakes WWE makes, but you know, some of the other companies like Ring of Honor. Something, yeah. You know, For all the shit system. that Vince gets. Let me tell you something. You know, yeah, you you nailed it. There's a bunch. You know, Vince ain't the only one that misses the boat on guys. You know, right, and ACH, he's, he's very marketable. He's got a unique name. Uh, he, he bases his attire off of different animes. You know, mm-hmm. that's cool. He's, and what I really liked about him, what really made him stand out to me, was uh, there's like this uh, w- one thing I do like about Ring of Honor. One of the positives is that uh, when they're advertising their merchandise, they actually have some of the wrestlers cut promos on their own mm-hmm. merch. You know, like it's, it's good practice and uh, there's this one promo ACH did where he was advertising his merch and it kind of had like a comic book Spider-Man kind of look. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, this this guy's looking out for his for his character. And I felt that ACH was at least good enough to be a television champion, but the Ring of Honor disagreed. And, you know, you look at the success of the CWC, I could easily see ACH being on CWC mm-hmm. season two. And I was like, you know, you, you Ring of Honor. like Or the fact now that they've got the special, the, not the special, but the new the show that's launching – Right, right, right. Uh, but in a, right, sometime but in this a, month, I forget the date. Right, right. But it's like in a nutshell, it's like Ring of Honor. Like they're not stupid. Like when they when they have guys like the Young Bucks, or the Briscoes, or Jay Lethal, or Adam Cole. Yeah, yeah. They're not stupid. They they'll treat them because when you treat these dudes like they're special to the company, it makes them want to stay. Even if they're guaranteed more money elsewhere, if you if you treat these guys like we appreciate you. We we love you. We want you to stay. Then that can make them deliberately turn Which, them to down. To be honest with you, is why I'm a little surprised that they bend over backwards so much for the Bucks. Really, you know, they do. You know, they're not stupid because the Bucks, the Bucks, they they're the face of the Indies. They yeah, currently the Bucks, the Bucks will be the first guys to turn around and say, okay, well, it's it's great that you you know you focused the tag division around us and you gave us the tag belts, whatever, you know. And, you know, we dominated for six months here, but our contracts are up, and we're about business, which they are. They're basically mini yeah. Matt Hardys, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I'm not saying that yeah, way, like, from a business yeah. aspect, you know, like... It's like just I, a I, matter I, of time. That photo yeah, they took recently went viral. Saying, well, Vin, you know, Vince is offering us, you know, mm-hmm. double what you are. You know, plus fifteen percent of our merch. Uh, a, lot, a lot of fans are in the about the Young Bucks. They did that photo recently. Uh, I posted it on PWP, and uh, you know, whether you like the Bucks or whether you dislike the Bucks, you, you can't deny it. They currently have every tag belt outside of WWE that matters. They're PWG tag champions. They're Ring of Honor tag champions. The New Japan, Junior, I, right? Yeah, they they basically have every belt except yeah. like a WWE tag title. Triple H is not stupid. He sees no. the money. There's too much money to be had with them. They're one of the most consistent merch sellers, not the just in the independence, but in the world. I think the, oh, key, oh. I think the key is Omega. I, I think, I think, and you know, a lot of people may say, "Oh, he was doing it in jest, whatever." But when AJ won the title, he tweeted the Bucks. I think we need to reconsider a few things. 
Yeah, he and did. everyone was like, oh, that's just Omega being Omega, blah, 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 blah. But I'm telling, <laughs> no, 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 I'm telling you, I think, I don't, I, I don't think that was Omega just fucking around. Oh, no, no, he and, wasn't. And it was just a matter heard, of time. I keep, I keep said, telling I the know folks. I've said this in the past. If he does not win that IWGP title in January, he's gone. Yeah, it's just he a matter won't. of time. There's too much money. Triple H is not stupid. New I, Day I heard versus I, the Elite. I know I said this. I, I said this to you I, I, on Nate's show because mm-hmm. uh, someone I know promotes in, indie shows he, in the area, and he told me straight out, and this was a couple of months ago. I'll never forget it. We were on Nate's show that if, if, if Triple H has his way, he will do Nakamura Omega at, at NXT TakeOver, either New WrestleMania Japan, weekend or the, or the one Yeah, after. New Japan's kind of screwed right now. They're, they're kind of screwed with uh, Omega and Okada because both of them are kind of unhappy at the moment. <laughs> so they're going to have to choose, I guess. And yeah. you don't wanna, they don't want to risk losing Okada. So I could, I, could, I could totally see New Japan saying, Picking okay, Okada over Omega. Yeah, yeah, and then Omega's like, I'm out, because Okada, he is not happy yeah. at all. Um, the only problem is, what I I think the Bucks might be stuck because of what they signed with Ring of Honor. Yeah, they will come in later, but what's going yeah. on with Okada, that's a good transition, what's going on with Okada is, um, really, Okada, he's very similar to The Rock, and he's very similar to Randy Orton. He's kind of like a Japanese Randy Orton. But he's very similar to The Rock in the sense, you know, I love The Rock, and we've talked about this before on your old show. Uh, Okada, for the most part, he's he's a multi-time IWGP champion, but he hasn't had a real run yet because all his runs are transitional. He right. wins the belt, and then when he wins the belt, he loses it to whatever the next top heel is. Mm-hmm. So he, 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 he was supposed to beat Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom 9. And then they decided for Tanahashi to go over, like, the day of at the last minute, which made Okada very unhappy. He really? finally be Yeah, yeah, that was the decision. That I, was never the decision. Knew, I never knew they, mm-hmm. they switched they, it that late. They, they switched it. And so then what happened was AJ, he beat Tanahashi, which pissed off Okada even more because they told him that, you know, you were going to beat Tanahashi. You know, because oh. Tanahashi, Tanahashi, Tanahashi is the ace of New Japan. He is their John Cena. He has been the face of New Japan like since like 2004, 2005. So whoever beats Tanahashi is going to be viewed as the ace. So instead of Okada beating him, AJ did. So that right. pissed off Okada. But they were trying to tell Okada, well, look at it this way. You'll beat the guy that beat the champion. But Okada was like, but I still didn't beat Tanahashi. I beat AJ, but I still didn't beat him. So technically, he's still the ace. And so basically what they're doing with Okada is like they keep telling him it's going to go a certain way, and then they change their mind. It's like, actually, it's going to go this way. So he That's beats not AJ. End well. Right, right. So he <laughs> beats AJ. Well. He, he beats AJ, and then he becomes the champion. And then AJ beats him again, and he gets the belt back. So AJ and Okada, they traded the belts, like, I think, for, for a bit. Finally, Okada beats AJ. And then when Okada beats AJ, um, he was feuding with – he had a few feuds. And then Naito, as I've talked about before, Naito started to get over. And, um, you know, and that was something New Japan didn't expect. And so after he beat AJ, he was supposed to have a long feud. And um, then Naito beat him. And um, when Naito beat him, you know, that was kind of another one where it was like, you said I was going to have a long run. And, you know, they were just they were riding Naito. So now uh, he beat Naito and he took the belt back. Uh, he, he had a match with Tanahashi at some point this year. 
And that was the big match because it's like, okay, we're doing Okada versus Tanahashi, but this time the roles are reversed. Now Okada's the champion and Tanahashi's the challenger. So now, like, I'll beat him and I'll finally submit myself, like, as the new ace of New Japan. They had a match and it went, like, to a 30 minute time limit draw. That pissed them off because oh. it's like, wait a minute. It's like, wait a minute. I can't beat Tanahashi now because I mean, for whatever reason, they still want to protect Tanahashi, just like WWE right. might still want to protect, you know, seeing yeah. that Tanahashi is really popular over there. So, you know, he beat Tanahashi to a time limit draw, and they're scheduled at some point to have another match before the year is over. And while all this is happening, Omega wins the, um, you know, while all this is going on, he leaves the cruiserweights, he becomes a heavyweight, he becomes the intercontinental title, he drops that to Elgin, then he wins the G1 Climax, and then he challenges the IWGP champion, who's currently Okada. So now That's he's going to fight. That's news when you're done. Okay, so um, now, now basically what's going on in a nutshell is, uh, to end my rant, is uh, Okada, he's over. But he's very similar to The Rock. Like The Rock, a lot of his runs, he would he would he would hold the belt for whoever the next heel was. Like he would drop it to Angle or drop it to Lesnar or drop it to Triple H. Like he was over and he was you know charismatic. But if you look at a lot of Rock's runs, a lot of his runs were transitional, where he would just drop it to whoever the next big heel would be. And that's very similar to what's going on with Okada. And I know Okada is not happy with his position in the company. I know he was very, very, very sad when Nakamura left. Uh, if you can find the show, the last show Nakamura did, Okada was crying. He was in tears, and Nakamura gave him a hug. Okada has said before in the past that uh, he enjoys New Japan, and he wants to stay there. But there's been, like, a few takeovers. There's been a few... He was at both different uh, takeovers. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. that? He got. He was at both Brooklyn takeovers. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was at both Brooklyn takeovers. I know he's very good friends with uh, Abushi. He's very good friends with Nakamura. He's very good friends with um, Tommy, right? Uh, 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 Tommy. And who's the other guy? Uh, uh, the dude from SmackDown, number one announcer. What was his game oh, name? Oh, Funaki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very, 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 very good friends with Funaki. Funaki is one of his trainers, so he has a lot of insight. There's a lot of Japanese influence. And WWE, you know, so it's it, and and then the main reason that W that Vince, because it's not necessarily Triple H that wants Okada, it's Vince. And one of the main reasons Vince wants Okada so much is, you know, and this is not me being racist. I'm just, you know, just being honest. A lot of Japanese dudes, they're typically small in stature, like Ibushi. But Okada, he's very tall. Mm-hmm. He's very masculine. He, he he has the same exact look that Randy Orton had, like when he was Bludgeon Killer. And Vince, he loves that kind of look. And so Vince would love to have. Okada, and, and they've been throwing money at him. So, you know, what's going on right now is you're going to have Wrestle Kingdom 11, which is January 4th, and it's going to be Okada against Omega. So they're kind of like New Japan. They're kind of like in a situation right now where it's like, okay, you got Omega and you got Okada. So it's like if you have Okada go over, Omega is pretty, pretty much going to be like, okay, fuck this. I'm going to go to WWE or NXT. But then if, if you have Okada lose again, okay, because you had him lose to AJ, you had him lose to Naito, so this the, would the be next like. The time he's at a takeover, he ain't leaving. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. So if Okada loses again to Omega, like like you know, like as we just say before, you know, when they do those big takeover shows and the camera zooms in on someone in the audience, if Omega, if he beats Okada, I am very, very sure that you will see him in the crowd at that next takeover. You know, and, and if they lose Okada, that would be a huge, huge loss. For New Japan, because they are—he's essentially their 
they're Orton, they're Rock, like, you know, they're trying to transition the, the you know, the torch, as they say. They're trying to pass the torch from Tanahashi to uh, to, to Okada, and, and, and losing Nakamura was a blow, yes, but they still have Okada, they have Tanahashi, they have Naito, they still have other guys. If they lose Nakamura and Okada, that would be a, that would, that would be like the equivalent of of like WWF losing Austin and Rock, like in the Monday Night Wars, and they both mm-hmm. go to WCW. That would kill them. That would kill them. So I think New Japan, in my personal opinion, what they're going to do is they're probably going to look at Okada and be like, okay, we can't afford to lose this guy. Right. So my prediction is is that he's probably going to beat Omega, and that's probably going to make Omega go like, okay, I've gone as far as I can go. They don't want to risk losing Okada, so I'm going to go ahead and go to NXT slash WWE and work with Nakamura. So what your source claims about him working Nakamura, like I can totally see that happening because I, I think New Japan they're probably realizing the era. I mean, and like you said before, you know, we always get on mis- the mistakes of um of the of Vince, but not many fans talk about the mistakes that other companies make. Uh-huh. And we, we talked last week about the mistake they made Wait. with Ibushi, and they don't want to repeat that with uh, with Okada. They've already there. Ibushi already has one foot in. You know, he already has one. He can sign with WWE whenever he wants. He already has one foot in. They've already lost Nakamura. They've already lost Asuka. Uh-huh. They don't want to afford losing Okada because that would kill them because they don't have anyone else right now. They're, I think, if, still I think if Ibushi works Mania. I don't think Ibushi's going back to Japan. He's not. There's no way you can work Mania and be part time. You gotta be. You gotta be fully in. You know. You gotta be. You can't well, be half pregnant. See, as they I don't say. know about that. I, I don't know about that because I, I I think they're gonna do Ibushi against the cruiserweight champion at Mania, and I'm not so sure it's gonna be TJP anymore. Um, I mean, you know, I, I thought so, but I, I don't know that. I don't know if he's getting the belt back from Kendrick. I I don't know. Well, what was the uh, breaking news you were talking about? Oh, uh, Dave Lagana, mm-hmm. senior director of creative for TNA, mm-hmm. gone. Oh, that's not very good. That's not good at all. That's not good at all. That's not good. So, what, what is Dixie's end game? What does she want? Does she just? What? Is, what I don't she understand. Wants money, like... Chris. She wants money. That's what she wants. She wants. So does money. she want the company to die? In her mind, it's not going to. Supposedly, the day after Bound for Glory, she held a meeting and was like, I don't understand what everybody's upset about. Apparently this week, besides the the recap of the email that got posted that a lot of sites picked up on, apparently she didn't even tell everybody, you know what, thank you for working hard during this, this time and this pro. She pretty much told everybody, now everybody has to work harder. What the fuck? Like, Yeah. Yeah, the worst thing was her sticking around. The worst thing was her sticking around, and they're not going to get rid of her. She's losing. She doesn't have the stake that she, she had, but she's she's not going anywhere. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. Yeah, like... Pretty sad, because Billy, Billy was actually bringing a lot of positive momentum to the company. I'm not saying TNA would have been anything bigger, but... Um, more people have been talking about like putting putting all this you know court stuff aside. I think somebody, Just, and I don't know who, and I can't, I can't put my finger on it, but these things usually have a casualty or two. I think somebody in that locker room 
is going to turn around and say, fuck this, I want out. I don't think they're going to keep all the troops happy. You think, you think they're going to pull a raven? <laughs> you heard the raven story? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and let, me tell you, let me tell you the great thing about the raven story. <laughs> that happened on a Monday. That happened at a nitro. Mm-hmm. ECW ran the Elks Lodge that Thursday for, like, the first official TNN TV tapings. Mm-hmm. And Heyman always used to come out. It never, it, ne- it very rarely aired on TV, but he would come out to work the crowd, right, and mm-hmm. hype up what was going to happen that night, whether it was a house show or whether it was a TV taping. And the whole place is chanting, we want Raven, we want Raven. And Heyman very calmly stops whatever it was he was talking about and goes, you can see him in 90 days. <laughs> and, the, and the crowd shut up about it because it made sense. Okay, ninety day no compete. Okay. So to the you know, listeners that don't know about the Raven story, the the story goes that um there is like a creative, uh I guess you could say you know motivational. No, Bischoff held, Bischoff held a talent meeting. Yeah, Bischoff held a talent meeting, and he was telling them that some changes in the company were happening, and and he pretty much said if if you don't have faith in the company or the direction we're going to go in, if, basically if you don't want to go here. If, if you want, um, if you want your release, raise your hand, and I'll I'll give you your release. And Raven just pretty much was the first one to get up, and he was like, "Okay, I'm done," you know. So no bullshit from Raven, you know. He just he just yeah. He just said it straight up. I could totally see that happening with TNA. But uh, mm-hmm. to, to piggyback around on what we were talking about uh, a few uh, minutes earlier, you know, we were talking about the, the people in the business that, you know, if you see them on Facebook or Twitter, you know, send them a tweet, send them a comment. You never know. They might reply back. Um, you know, I've been good friends with Marty Bell, like, since 2010. I've been a big fan of her independent work. She has a unique um, Dominican look and um, – you know, the NXT, WWE, whatever, they would love to have her. They love to have diverse talent. Mm-hmm. It looks good. It yeah, looks but you know what the problem the, is the for her? They have a chick now that looks like her. Yeah, they do. They do. It's but you that, could always I have I think her name is like that Daniela Carmel, Danielle Carmella chick. Is mm-hmm. her name? Chris, I don't know if you've seen NXT. She's a dead ringer for Marty Bell. I mean, 2AT. If you would have told me. If you would tell me right now they're related, I'd be like, yeah, definitely. Mm. Like they're two, the curly that, uh, hair, the mm-hmm. facial, yeah, I, they're they're a dead ringer. And, and I know, don't get me wrong, Marty I, Bell's better, mm-hmm. you know. But, I know the Jade chick is. Um, I know she used to work Shimmer with uh, Oscar, and Oscar yes. just got the, she just got the exposure first. But uh, the main point I'm making is Dixie needs to be careful because you're going to have talents like that just kind of see the writing on the wall and just leave. Now, you you mentioned Mike Bennett earlier, and I already see the writing on the wall from Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett, Mike Bennett, he's getting the Booker T push, and he's he's getting what I like to call the Booker T push because when, cause the thing about Booker that made him different was when guys like Christian and Kurt Angle, when they came to TNA, um, they got the red carpet. They got the, the rocket up their ass push. And eventually they got the world titles. When Booker T came to TNA, he got the red carpet, he got the TV time, he got the fuse, but they wouldn't give Booker the, mm-hmm. the, the the actual main title. And you could tell that was what Booker wanted. Yep. But they wouldn't give it to him. So instead of giving him the world title, what they did was they they literally like made a up a title. title or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they made that particularly for him because their hope was that he would replicate. Um, 
what he did he would give the title of Rob TV title that was what they wanted but then Booker he he that wasn't he didn't care about it and so he started he started sandbagging and and so how it was in TNA when Booker was there if he was fighting like say as an example if he was fighting a Bobby Roode and and at this point Roode was still in his own so beer money wasn't a thing Mm -hmm. yet so if if he was fighting a Roode or a James Storm or a Kazarian or even a Jeff Jarrett if he was fighting someone like that he would go over. But if he fought like an AJ Styles or Samoa Joe, he would lose every mm-hmm. single time. And that's what's going on with Mike Bennett. You know, they, they, Mike Bennett came in, you know, they gave him the red carpet. They, they they made him a big deal. They paired him up with Maria. You know, they called him the miracle. You know, he goes over your DJ Z's, your Eddie Edwards. Heck, you he, know, gave, he, he gave EC3 his first pinfall one. Yeah, yeah, right. He, yeah, he beat EC3, you know, so they, they're giving him the push. But when it comes to beating Lastly or actually just becoming a world champion, no. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. You know. And what makes it worse is while he's there, other guys come in and visit. You know, uh, Aaron Rex comes in, mm-hmm. uh, Cody comes in, mm-hmm. um, Galloway turns heel, Eli Drake he starts to get high he on the car. Yeah. You, you know, so you, you see the writing on the wall. So it's like for Bennett, you know, he he was the X division champion for a bit, and and you know, I can see him being a tag champion, but it's very very clear that when it comes to being the actual TNA champion. It's, they're not going to happen. They're not going to give it to him. So I can I can totally see a Mike Bennett just being this like, is, okay. This is the thing with Bennett, too. And this is assuming, and again, not to shit and be anti-TNA, but mm. if they make it through the year, and I do not think they will, but if they do, his contract is up December 2017. If he does not have a world title run under under him by then, He's definitely gone. Yeah, yeah. If not, I see not. Ben is the yeah. type of guy. I'll say this about Bennett. I don't. I. I don't see Bennett jumping off the ship unless something drastic happens. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if Dixie oh, tells Maria, I forgot if, Moose too. Yeah. That was another thing that hurt his push. Moose like if was, if John yeah. Gabrick tells Maria to like suck his balls, then I could see, <laughs> I could see Bennett leaving. But Ben, no, Ben is the type of guy that will sit there and say, okay, listen, I'm on the contract until. Da, da, da. I will honor my contract, and then that's it. But if he does not get a title run at all, mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, you could, and especially with her leaving in the summer, he's gone. Yeah, you can gone. you can totally see the writing on the wall for uh, for Bennett because uh, he brought Moose in, and then Moose went over him. Uh, he worked his one his one program with Cody, and uh, Cody beat him. That's um, the, you know what? I'll be honest with you, Chris. If I was Bennett, that's the thing that would piss me off the most. Yeah, because Cody's Cody, not even a full-time guy. Cody's just, gone. Cody's mm. already gone. He's not. He's gone because he's working final battle in December. Like this was a short-term thing with Cody mm. and Brandy. Mm. Cody's gone, and and you of all people are the guy that's got to put him over. Yeah, yeah. Like that's there's, that's ridiculous. There's, 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 I respect Cody for what he's doing, but. There's going to be a lot of casualties in different companies. Uh, to anyone that doesn't know what Cody's doing, uh, Cody is a big fan of uh, of Arrow, uh, the show that that comes on to CW and, and TNT, and and the main character Oliver Queen. And in season one, to those that don't watch the Arrow, uh, the Arrow, also known as the Vigilante, he had a list, a list of people that that were corrupt in uh, Starling City, and then one by one, uh, the Arrow hunts down each one. 
and he kills them. And, and so, you know, Cody, he's, he, he's got a character on Arrow now. He's doing good for himself. And, and to their credit, when they, when they were in the process of setting up the deal, uh, Cody was still with WWE, but he's no longer with WWE. But to their credit, they still did it anyway, so that was cool. So when Cody left WWE, what he did as a, as a you know, uh, I guess you could say as a reference, was he went to social media, it was on Twitter, it was on Instagram, and he had a list in his hand, and it was a list of names of people he wanted to work with, and if you look at, the, I don't have the list in front of me right now, but it was like a, the it was list like a was like, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was a who's who. It was like Kurt Angle was on the list, uh, yeah. Shabbata was on the list, Cole Miracle, on the list. right, Miracle. right, right. Uh, the streamer thing with the Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah, think PWG yeah. was on. Yeah, the pro, the Cody. While Cody is doing something different. It's cool. The problem is, is that he's cool. going to be going to different places working, and the problem is, is he's not going to be a full time guy. He's basically right. just coming in to work a match. So these dudes, so some of these dudes he's working with, are part time like him, like you know Kurt Angle, which is fine. Right. Which but then is some fine. of, but then some of the dudes that he's working with are full time guys for whatever company they're working for. So you're going to be going to their respective company, and you're going to be going mm-hmm. over these dudes that are full-time, and it's going to make some of them go like, well, this is this is bullshit. Like, you're not full-time here. Like, why are you going over me? So yes. I could see some of these dudes, you know, leaving. And it's and not eventually, Cody's It's know. not Cody's fault, but eventually what I think is going to happen is the next guy that tries to do this mm-hmm. is going to face some resistance. I think Cody's getting a pass because of a few reasons. One, his last his name. His last name. Two, uh, no, Dusty not, died. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, but that goes back to his last name. Yeah, yeah, his last there, name. It stops right there. You, you think, <laughs> no, 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 and hear me out. Let's take Ryback, for example, a guy who left around the same time Cody did. You think Ryback could sit there and, and go to Ring of Honor and say, hey, I want to work Adam Cole and I want to go over him. Hey, TNA, I want to work Mike Bennett and go over him. Hey, PWG, I want to work your main guy, I think Brian Cage, and go over him. That's not mm. happening for a guy like Ryback or a guy like Barrett. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's not happening. It's not. They might get like a cameo appearance, but no way you know? they could do that. And so. before everyone makes it out like she's this great wrestler, let's be honest and call it what it is. She's getting the opportunity she's getting because of her new last name. But let's mm. call it what it is. <laughs> and I love and I love Cody. I'm a, I'm a big Cody fan, but when he just showed up and – and had a random match with Eddie Edwards for the TNA title. I was kind of like, yeah, that's, that's. I mean, it was a good match. It was a good right, match, but, but still, exactly I was like, like what did, what did, what did he do to deserve promo, that? His first promo, oh, I, I, I have a TNA title shot in my future. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even before that, though, I, I think somebody, supposedly they're taping total nonstop, nonstop deletion this weekend <laughs> at the Hardy Compound. But I, but I think I think they're coming back to tape the first week of January, like the fourth to the sixth, and I hope they don't do the twelve weeks in three days. That's going to be fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But I could see somebody, and like I said, I don't, I can't tell you who, I don't know, but I could just these things always seem to have this happen in it. I could see somebody walk in there and say, "I need to talk to you guys. I want out." Yeah. I could, and if I was Vince. I'd get Corgan on the phone immediately. And I all I would do, I'd put him front row at a show. 
That's what I would do. But then what? Huh? But then what? It, you don't have to do anything with him. You don't. Oh, but oh I, would have I got Corgan, you. I got you. I would have Corgan front row at either Survivor Series, TLC, the Rumble, whatever. I'd have Corgan play the national anthem at WrestleMania. Something as a big fuck you, Dixie. And oh, by the way, to you guys that are fans of Billy and aren't happy with your situation, we now have somewhat of a working relationship. You know? Hey, okay, I got you. hey, hey, uh, Eli Drake, it's Billy. Yeah, you're pretty miserable over there? Well, I got to tell you, I was just back here for WrestleMania week, and I got to tell you, it was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, you. now that's, that's, if I was Vince, I'd have Billy play the national anthem at Mania. That's what I would do. Where is Mania this year? Is it in Florida Orlando. again? It's in Orlando. I'm sorry. They go to Florida way too much. It's Mania. easy with the weather for the outdoor stadiums. Oh, they that's should do that for other shows. They do it for Mania too much. I would like to see them do that effort for other shows sometimes. It's, but Okay. Yeah, I, if I was Vince, that's what I'd do. I'd have Corgan play the national anthem at Mania in Orlando. So does this mean we're going to get post-Smackdown Mania now? Yes. That sounds that sounds weird to say. But okay. Yep. The travel <laughs> packages, the travel packages, I looked at them just to see, include the Smackdown live tapings. So now it's going to be it's going to be WrestleMania weekend access. Friday, here's what it is. Friday night is 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 what you call it is NXT. They, they, no, I'm sorry. Friday night is the Hall of Fame. They switched it. They, they, they're doing Hall of Fame first now. Yep. Saturday okay. will be NXT. Sunday WrestleMania. Monday Raw. Tuesday SmackDown. It's gonna take a while to get used to saying post. Smackdown Mania. Post Mania Smackdown. <laughs> it sounds so weird to say. Yep. Uh, fans are going to tune in to Raw out of habit and then not realize Smackdown is also. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be really weird to you get used to. You know what I could to. see them doing? You know, just to get people used to it, maybe for the next year or two, the big debut, the big return, the big angle, I could see it happen. I mean, you'll get some of that stuff on the Raw. But I could see it for maybe the next year or two happening on SmackDown. I could see that. This, that's when SmackDown's fan base is really going to be tested right there. Because so we as fans, we just have it ingrained in our heads to watch Postmania Raw, not SmackDown. But then you realize SmackDown is live too. So that, that's going to be very interesting. I don't really care too much about ratings these days. But I, I'll, I'll definitely be paying attention to the ratings for uh, mm-hmm. for SmackDown. That's oh man, that's see like I'm trying hard to imagine it. And it's just it's hard because that's just so many years of post Mania Raw being ingrained I, I'll, in I'll our be head. With you. I'll be honest with you though, Chris. It's it's no different than going to the tapings. It, it, I don't think it's going to be any different than going to the taping because they still tape that Tuesday night. They they still tape Smack. They were taping SmackDown that Tuesday night anyway. It's just a matter of who's. St- I think it's just a matter of who stayed in town the extra day. Mm. I think by that point, if you're out there for that weekend, you're going to, you're going to 95, I'll bet you 95% of the people will be gone. Mm. And that will be more of the back to normal kind of crowd. You know, I think that's, 
what it will be. Oh, well, uh, I got some uh, time to kill if you didn't have any other topics to discuss. Uh, real quick, Charlotte number one on the PWI women's top 50. I'm not too familiar with uh, all the female talents out there, so... Uh, yeah, I, but I really yeah, but your top ten are the who's who. I'll give it to you real quick. We don't have to go over the top fifty, but mm-hmm. I, just. Uh, but what you said earlier, though, uh, Dana Brooke over Marty Bell—that's ridiculous. Dana Brooke is horrible. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. She seems like a really nice. She really does seem like a really nice girl because I I tweeted her like when she first debuted and I told her that I liked her gimmick because she was big because when they were doing the vignettes on NXT. I was like, oh, so she's a female Lex Luger, you know, like the whole narcissist thing. Like, okay, I can dig that. That's cool. You know, like I really liked the character, um, you know, but then she debuted and I was kind of like, oh. But then I was like, well, as long as Emma's with her, she'll be okay. And then Emma got hurt, and then after that I was kind of like, okay, sink or swim, let's we'll see where it goes. And they tried to put her with Charlotte, and the pairing just hasn't hasn't worked. And she's Okay, you ready? Good. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte won. Sasha two, Oscar three, Becky four, Bailey five, Jade six, Natty seven, Gail eight, Sexy Star, who is I'm glad she at least got this high. She probably deserves to be a little higher mm-hmm. at nine. Mm-hmm. And Sienna at ten. If Sienna's ten, then TNA is fucking wasting her. If she's she's basically good. been taking a back. What's going on is like, and what, she's taking a backseat to this whole Maria and Ali story. Yeah, yeah, Ali, yeah. What's Ali going is on number is, fifteen, by the way. Yeah, that's that's great for her. She's 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 coming. She's very up. good. Yeah, she's yeah, very yeah, good. Uh, all the heels, all the all the heel knockouts are playing a backseat to Maria, and all the babyface knockouts are playing a backseat to Gail Kim. And I that's mm-hmm. what I don't agree with. If you're going to do Gail versus Maria, and the feud is over now, like if if, if the direction was Gail versus Maria. That didn't upset me. What upset me was the fact that that should be a separate feud while the current new generation of knockouts mm-hmm. continue to do their Dude, own thing. The title. Yeah, but they, they had the Maria Gale feud just absorb yeah. everything else, and that was what I I'll, didn't agree with. I'll give you some quick notables. Ivelisse at 11. She's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rosemary at 14. Mm-hmm. Paige at 19. Mm-hmm. Uh like I said, Nia at 23, Santana Garrett at 24, so underrated. Naomi mm-hmm. at 25 could be a little higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexa Bliss at 29. I got a feeling she's gonna she's gonna be a lot higher next year. Now, what's this list based off of? 2015 or what? 2016. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think like Sexy Stars just retired recently, so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marty Bell at 32. Emma at 33. Ember Moon at 37. She's going to be a lot higher next year. Uh, Tessa Blanchard at 38. Jessica Havoc at 39. Putting uh, Dana Brooke that high is really questionable. Yeah, 26 on Dana, yeah. Uh, yeah. Carmella, at 40, Carmella at 44. Uh, Veda Scott at 46. And at 50, Eva Marie. <laughs> yeah, she made the list always. No Nikki Bella, which I'm very surprised. She wasn't really around this year. Yeah, that's true. She, she didn't do enough to make the list. So. I guess. The yeah. list! <laughs> there it is again. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I mean, 
I can't argue Charlotte at one. I can't. She's just she's just all around so good. I know Aaron was my favorite is like I said, I'm I'm more of the line of Oscar. Um Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I know that Oscar's I don't, amazing. Yeah, the four I've already I've already set my piece for uh, the four horsewomen. They're good, but my beef with them and, and like I said before, I understand that K Fabe is dead, but you can still keep some form of it and what I dislike about the four horsewomen is all of them break kayfabe consistently, and that's, that's what it is. Of mine. Right, I would have been okay with it for right. for the takeover in Brooklyn last mm. year. That was fine because that was kind of that they was do kind it of the, the three. Of it, right, that was kind of Becky, mm. Charlotte, and Sasha Swan song. I'll even give it to you this year at Takeover for Bailey Swan song, but mm. when they're doing it. On the main roster, it's really confusing and it's yeah, annoying. Yeah, when Charlotte and Sasha are crying together for each other, right. it's like, what got what me? Fuck? What got me, you know, and a lot of folks are turning on Sasha, what got me is when she wins the title and she's Skyping with Bailey. Like, what the fuck is that? Well, that's that like? fine. That's fine because they're both faces right now. That's but she's not fine. a face. That's the thing. The character hasn't changed at all. Like, it's a, it's a yeah, clear they, disconnect. Yeah, but... You know what, though? Hang on. I'll defend that because, you know what, remember the night before, mm. Bailey was her, was her mystery partner. So yeah. that's fine. But when you see Sasha and Charlotte backstage hugging and they're showing you that, yeah, that's where it's like, yeah. dude. That's why it's like. I don't the... need that for a Monday Night Raw. The Bailey-Sasha right, right. thing, you know what, you can, that's fine. You know, even Becky, because you know, whatever, Becky's anti-Charlotte, whatever, you know, mm. but I don't I mean, need, I don't need the, freaking, the three of them to see the mm. three of them at WrestleMania hugging before and after the match back. And freaking AJ that. Lee is like one of the, AJ Lee is like one of the most overrated talents of all time, but as overrated as she was, you didn't see her hugging Paige and Caitlin before and after a match. She kept her character. She no, was the psycho. only time she did was, I think she worked Caitlyn's final match. Right, right, and right. And, like, like, during the match, she, like, jumped on her, and Caitlyn, quote-unquote, had her in a bear hug, and I think AJ, like, hugged her. That was one time, though. Like, yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Like, that was, that right. was the closest it ever came right, to right, AJ. Yeah. And, and then I think even, like, her, quote-unquote, her retirement match on that Raw the night after Mania 31, all she did was, I think she she hugged Paige after they won. She, I think they faced the Bellas again. And they she did, didn't, they did. But she didn't hug the Bellas. She she just hugged Paige. Right, right, right. And then, yeah. and then that yeah. was it. I think it, it might have been yeah. a six, it might have been a, whatever the case was. All she did was, like, hug whoever she was teaming with. Yeah, she didn't hug, like, like, Nikki Bella or, mm-hmm. or Brie, you so know. That's why I like I'm not too crazy on the, uh, Four yeah. horsewomen chick. I, I, I'll just take Oscar. I like Oscar. Real because... quick on Oscar. Let me let me mm. ask you this. I've I kind of have an idea what I think they should do with her. Would you have her go up to the main roster undefeated? Sure. I mean, you did it for Joe. You had Joe. Um, you had Joe. Well, you know, because that's what I see her as. I see her as the female of Joe. So like Joe. He was killing all the X Division dudes, and then after a certain point, Joe got tired of them. And then when he moved up, you know, and he started fighting the heavyweight guys, like you know Rhino, or I'm like you know, I'm starting to think she should not lose to Ember Moon. I think well, this is I don't my think idea. so either. This is my idea. 
I'd have her after whatever she's gonna she's gonna annihilate Mickey at Takeover Toronto. Well, I wouldn't her, say annihilate; it'll be a competitive match. But yeah, in the end, she'll win. No, she's gonna annihilate her, dude. You can't have Mickey James be annihilated. She can go too. It'll be a good match. Yeah, but Mickey, from what I've heard, it's it's a one-off. Oh, I know. That's the whole point of this Oscar thing. Well, I know it's that, a one-off, but she just can't annihilate a former women's right, champion. It's got to be a competitive she's gonna, match. She's going to beat her. Right, 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 right. She's going to beat her. I don't know who you – I don't know when the next takeover, if there's one before WrestleMania. There's talk that there may be one in January. There might not be. There probably shouldn't be. That would be an oversaturation. Yeah. You know, again, depending but to, on. But to answer your question, about. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against her. Maybe I'd undefeated. have her. Yeah, I'd have her win at Takeover Orlando. And even if you're gonna wait till another Takeover after that, have her win. What I would do is I would turn her into and the. Then, uh, to, I would turn her into the female. I would make her like a hybrid of Joe and Orton. Where like how Orton would just kill legends. I I, I like where this is going. They should just bring in like all these random um, female legends. Like have her have her beat Nikki. Um, what's Victoria doing? She's in good shape. Yeah. Bring, in Vic- bring in Victoria. Have her kill yeah. Victoria. Um, Molly Holly looks good. What's Molly doing? Have her I, kill Molly. Hey, you know. She's right in front of our faces. Have Oscar go face to face with Lita. There you go. There you go. Just have her kill like all the legends one by one. Not, not like, you know, in a month, but just gradually over time. Like, right. you know, Mickey, Mickey in November, do Victoria, like, sometime in 2017, mm-hmm. do Lita. Just just have her go over all these different legends. And, and like Joe, she's a tweener where she's killing – she's being indiscriminate mm-hmm. where it doesn't matter if you're a face yeah. or if you're a heel. She kills you all the same. And then eventually just have her go to Regal and be like, I'm done with this. I go there. I go up there. Mm-hmm. And then whatever show she goes to, and then you she's could, better she's better suited for SmackDown. Right, right. That and feud then, with her and Becky could be right. Could be good. Probably, I think she would get she would get a little lost in the shuffle on Raw. Right, and then what you could do is you could do like a, whoever the woman's champion is, whether it's Becky or or Nikki or whoever. Then like for SummerSlam, you could do like a. Like a not a title for title per se, but you could say like the undefeated no, NXT. Give up, no, well here's what you do. See, here's where I'm going with this, and eventually then you can have Oscar pay it back to NXT. You do what they do, what they did with Paige. All right, if mm-hmm. you're going up there, you got to give me this. You got to ah, give me the okay. NXT Women's Title. Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. Have your tournament. Ember Moon comes out on top. Whatever. If you want to. Because they do balance, they do a good job of balancing talents between NXT and the main roster when they have to. You have Oscar debut on the main roster, but then you could bring Oscar back to be like, you never beat me for that. And if you wanted Moon to then get the rub from Oscar, you could do that at at maybe take over Brooklyn next year, while Oscar is going to turn around and kick Becky's head off at SummerSlam for the SmackDown women's title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? that works. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Would, I wouldn't be against her debuting undefeated. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately with her, that, you know what, she, maybe she needs to go up undefeated. I've been thinking about that a lot. It's unfortunate because any of the females that they had 
that was a credible, legitimate threat is no longer there or retired. Like Beth Phoenix is gone. Um, it didn't work yeah. out with Kong. Um, really, like yeah, in China, she's deceased. So it's like, um, I wonder. Pre- pre- I pretty wonder much the if- only person I could see fighting Oscar, like from a kayfabe standpoint, like the only chick, like outside of Beth, China, and Kong, the only chick that I could see like legitimately beating her in a fight, like from a kayfabe standpoint, would be like Medusa. Alondra Blaze, but she's too old. She's too so, old. Yeah, but but yeah, but like if it, if she was in her prime, I could totally see them having a good match. Medusa Oscar would be good, yeah. Yeah, that'd be Even good. Even like I think, Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul yeah I think Paul um, and her would be good. I think uh, I think Gail and Oscar that would be a good match, but Gail would lose too. It, it, I, it would be a yeah, good match. yeah, Gail. But, yeah. but it would be a good match because Gail has the submission expertise to legitimately make you think that you like have a false finish, you know what I mean? Like the figure four around yeah. the pose, the black. She would, she would, she would be the first person to make you think Oscar would tap out, but then Oscar would like fight her way out of it and mm-hmm. figure in the head or something. They have to. And I like the fact I've seen people say is Oscar a face is Oscar a heel. You know what? I like the fact that they're not, mm-hmm. that they're keeping it kind of gray. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that, that, you know, she'll kick Aaliyah's head off, but then she'll kick, Billy Kay's head off, mm-hmm. you know, and and yeah, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, none of them scream major threat either. That's why I, I think she's gonna have to face some outside talent. For if she loses to Ember Moon, it's gonna seem kind of forced to me. If she loses to Ember Moon, it's just gonna be kind of like a, we need you on the main roster. Because yeah. you got nothing else to do, sort of. And that's kind of like the main issue with NXT for me. Is as cool as it is. At the end of the day, it's about getting on the main roster. So a lot of times when some do of these do dudes, right. the, not, do not do all the time. Right. Sometimes when they lose, some, it's really forced. Like when when American Alpha when they lost, yeah, the, that, uh, that was that was forced the, to me. Yeah, like the revival these, and even putting over the authors of pain. I'll give you that. But if you look at their formula, especially with the big, with the main guys, hmm. pretty much once you get the title, then you're gonna drop it. Then you do the obligatory rematch. And by the time that rematch is over, you are full-time on the main roster. Like, that's – I feel that stuff they do well. But you're right. Like, the way Alpha was handled, that was, like, I didn't like what? Yeah. That, yeah, because I, at that they point, were really I felt starting they should not if, – if that was going to be the plan, then mm. they should never have beaten the Revival for the tag belts. Because I, I felt like Alpha was really starting to come into their own, and it was like, okay, well, let's see how far this goes. And it was like, mm-hmm. as soon as they were really getting over, it's like, well, you're on the main roster now. I'm like, what? Yeah. Already? But, and then, and then they just lost to the Altars of Pain like randomly out of nowhere. To me, that was that was an example of yeah, okay, it you was just like, need you on the main roster. Yeah, that that I'll give you that they didn't do well, but for the most part, like Balor was done well. Mm-hmm. All the world, the former world champions, for the most part, Owens, Zayn, you know, all, Bailey, they they've all gotten that moment. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, see you when I see you, you know. But you're right. Like Alpha was a bad example. Um, you know, even Enzo and Cass, you know what they put over Alpha on their, you know, so that was kind of the sign that they were they were going. But like, look at look at Cruz. All of a sudden, Cruz is on the main roster. Yeah, he can't again. No, lost. nothing. Like, Corbin lost to Aries, and it was like, all right, you know, I guess Corbin did his thing, and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, that that's 
Yeah, they they you're you're right. For you know, for mo- most of it they do well, but there are times they fuck it up. Yeah, I feel like if Oscar, because Ember Moon's cool, but they haven't really done enough to really build her up yet. She just she's had a few matches here and there. And the problem I, is, I feel like I get what they're doing with Billy Kay and Peyton Royce that they're trying to really build them up as like the new, I guess the realist heels that they have. Like I said, with with Oscar kind of being a a shade of gray. For for I me, guess, the issue I have with the women's division is they they relied too long on the four horsewomen, and when they yeah. were pushing the four horsewomen, these chicks that we see now were enhancement talents that would show up every so often and lose. Mm-hmm. And so now the four horsewomen the, they're on the and main the roster. The problem wasn't even so much taking the horsewomen. Okay, Dana and Emma and Naya were being built up as the next tier of female heels. It's all right. Charlotte's gone. Sasha's gone. Okay. You know what? We've got Nia as this monster heel. Emma and Dana are these bitchy hot chicks who are just painting the asses as the heels. We'll figure out who the she-can-go heel will be. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's the real good in-ring worker heel? We can figure that out, which would have been fine. Okay, you got, you got three out of the four. Then the problem is Emma, Dana, Gone. Naya, gone. And now you're stuck with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, who, like you said, were putting over Naya. We're putting yeah. over Emma. I, I don't I don't care. You know, it's like what's, what's, what I see is what I see is when I look at the NXT women's division, I see a plethora of enhancement talents that were used as jobbers and now all of a sudden they're trying to be pushed, or they're trying to be repackaged and then Nick as characters. Exactly. But they're being repackaged as characters, not because it's what they want. They're being repackaged because the chicks that they were using are gone. You don't have it's, that, yeah. It's, it's very unbelievable Like to Nikki me. Cross, Nikki Cross, who will, is going to be a, a, a... I think she'll pull off the Sanity character very well. Mm-hmm. She will. She was a face three weeks ago. Yeah, it's very unbelievable to me. And then they've got um, that they've got that UFC chick, that Daria chick, who's kind of mm-hmm. like the U. But one week she's a heel, and the next week she's a face. They don't know what to do down there. Yeah. You know? right. NXT, they go through they go through periods of drought, and then they go. The thing about NXT is, when they're good, they're good, but when they're bad. They're bad. <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah. And, you know, and, and there's been droughts where it's like they don't I'll have any teams or I'll females. be honest with you. They have not booked this Joe Nakamura feud good at all. No, they, they haven't. They, they have they not. Don't, they, they have, have not. And I, 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 know, mm. I know I basically committed carnal sin, but I still stand by my ground. Joe should have beaten Nakamura in Brooklyn. To me, in my opinion, Nakamura doesn't even need the belt. He doesn't need the belt, and they—they totally—they—they're totally not in sync with what the Joe character is. I don't like this. I don't. I don't like this. This. Uh, I mean, it's not that Joe's being portrayed to be a bitch or anything, but it's very clear to me that they don't really know the true character of Joe because how he was in TNA, how he was in Ring of Honor, the Joe that I know doesn't care, and this Joe is, is kind of a whiny. Yeah, but you know me. what? You know what though? He had a great point heading into the takeover match. 
I wanted a title shot, and you made me go through a million and one loops. It's kind of like what we were talking about with Cody before. And it's true, because when he was teaming with Balor, every time they would win, they'd do a post-match interview, and Joe would be like, remember, when we're done, you know, I'm asking you man-to-man, I want a shot at that. And Regal would Regal would step in and, oh, you know, you know, whatever. And then, you know, so Joe had a legit gripe with that. So when Joe was pissed about that, that was fine. And this whole thing with he took out Nakamura, bring me Nakamura or bring me the title, fine. But now what they've done the last couple of weeks since Joe, you're right, since Nakamura's back, is Joe's like, I shouldn't have to fight, you know, like, blah, blah, like, it's like, no, you know, continue where you were going. For, mm-hmm. and, and and why I thought, and I've said this, I know I've said this to you in the past, is the reason why Joe should have been Nakamura is because Nakamura was like being goofy, whatever. And I think Joe even said it to him in that sit-down interview. He's like, you're not taking any of this seriously. He's like, I've got to beat some respect into you. And you know what? That's what Joe should have done at TakeOver. Joe mm-hmm. should have. And you could have had Nakamura come out. I think you said it. I underestimated him. You know what? It was fun and games. Now the time for fun and games is over. Now it's time for me to be the king of strong style. And you know what? That would have worked. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, like Joe said it. You you have no respect for nothing. I'm going to have to beat some respect into you and show you how serious this is. Like that right there, that was your line for Joe going over. That was it. That sit-down interview, that was it. You know? Well, my, my fear of Nakamura is he's just, what I liked about him in New Japan was um, he was an attraction, kind of like how Lesnar is in WWE. Mm-hmm. And because Nakamura himself is such an attraction, like, like, like again, like he was the he was the Intercontinental Champion there, and he was higher on the card than the World Champion, like nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. So because Nakamura is like such an attraction, I feel that like he doesn't need to. Yeah, but in, in, need, in America, America let's be honest, Chris. That that works in Japan, and that could work in Europe. But let's be honest, in in America with and, and with TNA and with ROH. Eventually, people are going to want that showdown. I mean, it happened to Heyman in ECW. Look, you know, he kept RVD with the TV title. Like you said, at times ranked higher than the world champion. But eventually, it just got to that point where he knew he had to put Van Dam and and Awesome together. And it it sucks that it never happened because Van Dam got hurt. But I I agree with that. You can try that. I I agree with what you're saying. But but eventually... yeah, but, but you, 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 you just your hands push them get to the, Yeah, you can do that, but I just don't agree of just pushing them straight off the top. You know what no, I mean? No, no. You know, like if like if Nakamura goes to the main roster, I don't want if he goes to the main roster in 2017, which I expect he will. I don't want him to be world champion by the end of the year. No. Like why? Why not give him the Intercontinental title? Mm-hmm. Why not give him a US, U.S. title? You know, let yeah. let him because if anyone can bring real legit like importance, prestige to that belt, it's him. You know, let him let him. You know, have that belt. I don't. I don't want Nakamura. Picture Nakamura with the IC title and then Omega showing up and being like, "Hey, look, exactly. you, got, you got that belt again." You know, right? You know, you didn't drop it. You know, you didn't fight yeah. me last time, but you will this time. You know, so yep. I don't. I don't want to see that with Nakamura. I don't want to see him on the main roster by like March, and then he's WWE champion or Universal champion by like August. He's not that guy. Like you can have no. fun with him for a bit. No. And on the but main I, roster, on the main roster, I think because you have more guys, I think what you're saying has more of a chance to happen. 
versus where NXT, where a guy like that comes in, and he's such a big fish in a smaller pond, it's almost as if, because then you also deal with the, well, why the hell is it Nakamura getting the title rub? Oh, they're going to keep him down here for four years. Oh, WWE, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know what to do with him. Like, oh, my God, they're going to ruin him. Oh, he's never going to go to the main roster. Like, you have to, you almost have to do it. But I want to see Nakamura get through the Joe feud. I don't know where the hell he goes after that. I really don't. I, I guess you could say rude. I guess maybe I've heard supposedly they love Roddy Strong already. Maybe Strong can get into well, there. Well, we got to see, as we said earlier, it just all depends on uh, what happens at Wrestle Kingdom. And if Omega you know, loses, which I suspect he will, then there's your direction. I, was, I, I meant to ask you that before. You, th- you think Omega's going to lose? I think so, only because I think that, um, you, think you know. You think they're going to choose a car at the end of the day? Yeah, you know, it's like when you have a car and you, and you want to keep the car. You don't want to, you don't, you've already invested in this car. And, you know, you say your car has like an injured, rot- it has a damaged rotator or a damaged radio. Like, what's more important? Well, right. radio is radio. If I got to put $3,000 into it, do I get the new car or do I get fix the old car? You know, and, and I just think if they had to choose between what's going to hurt them more, losing Omega or losing Okada, and losing Okada would, would kill them. You know, he's he's you know that would that would really hurt them. That would be like the equivalent losing Okada for now for New Japan would be like the equivalent of TNA losing AJ Styles like in 2010. You know, or mm-hmm. WCW losing Sting in the early 90s, or yeah. the Attitude Era losing The Rock or losing Austin. And like 99, 2000, I feel like New Japan, they're going to cut their losses, and they're going to be like, you know what, it's going to hurt, but it'll losing Omega will hurt less than losing right. Okada. And so I think that's what's probably going to happen, because if Omega beats Okada, I, I'm telling you right now, he's going Okada's to be a gone. takeover. I he's really leaving. believe the, the loser of that match, the loser of that match is gone. I, I mm-hmm. 1,000% agree with you on it, that you know, the loser of that match is, it's, it's, is indeed... It's kind of yeah. It's kind of like you know. It's kind of like you know what we would have seen if we would have gotten Brett and Sean. Like imagine a more irritable Brett and a more irritable Sean at WrestleMania 13. Imagine that plan went ahead of the plan. You know, imagine we got Shawn Michaels versus Brett at Mania 13, and Brett's like, you know, I don't want to lose to Sean again. Sean's like, I don't want to lose to Brett. Sean threatens Vince, if you have Brett go over, mm-hmm. I'm leaving the WCW. Brett says, you have Sean beat me, I'm leaving the WCW. And so Vince's hands are tied. you got to do this, yeah. Sean versus Brett. And you know for a fact the loser is going to go to the competition, WCW. So, like, if you're in Vince's head, like, who are you going to choose? Like, who's the bigger loss at that point in 97, Brett or Sean? And that's no debate for another day. But that's basically the decision that New Japan, well, I, another yeah, decision. I mean, that's I the situation. I wrote that article, what if Sean went to WCW and not Brett? I actually wrote um, that article a few years ago. Like that sounds like a crazy what if story. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll, t- I'll tell you real quick because we're running out of time. But I'll, I'll I'll throw it down to you real quick. Um, basically, I I predicted Hunter would have been fired, and yep. you would have gotten you would have gotten Sean Hogan obviously a lot sooner in WCW. Um, and then maybe when. Um, Hart doesn't get hurt, although you don't know what the future holds, but Hart obviously doesn't get hurt by Goldberg, and probably in 2002, 2003, you could have, you could have made up for the mistake of 93, and you probably could have done Hart Hogan. That was like, 
Where does Sting fit in all that? That's a crazy story. You, it's, it's funny, man. Like, you think that you're having one Sting. more person in I, the company. I never thought of Sting. Mm. To be honest with you, I never, I never thought of him. I, I just, I pretty much just switched. I like Hart would have put Austin over at some point for the title, then maybe moved on. Like Hart, I had Hart Rocky for the IC title at SummerSlam '98. Um, I'm just trying to remember like some of the key points. Yeah, like <laughs> obviously there would have been no DX. You, you but, like, think, the, the you, NWO you would, Wolfpack would have been basically the click. It would have been Michaels, Nash, Hall, Triple H, and X-Pac. Like, yeah, like, I had all that. You would I think, had, like, losing one person wouldn't make that much of an impact, but, like, depending on the person, mm-hmm. it does. <laughs> I got to find it. I, 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 I got to find it. I got to see if I can resend it to Jay to have him republish it under the new site. But, yeah, it, it's... I mean, I wrote it like three years ago, but I, I, I mean, not to toot my own horn, whatever, but I kind of feel like I didn't do too bad with it. Like I, but you're right. I never thought I didn't take, I didn't take Sting. I didn't take Flair into consideration, although you would have gotten probably a Flair Michaels match, you know, obviously as well, just, you know, like you did Flair Hart. But yeah, I never took like Sting into consideration where it would have gone. Well, I guess for a build-up for our, our next show, as I teased, I think, two weeks ago, what I'll do next time is on our next episode, I will go into detail about my uh, rebooking of Goldberg and how I would have had the streak end. And I swear to all the fans listening, this was actually an idea I had, like, last year before any of this Goldberg stuff even happened. Okay. So the fact that Goldberg came back it just makes it a... A coincidence. So, All right, uh, then, yeah, that's what we'll do next Friday. We'll do that yeah. next Friday. If you can, get it together for next Friday on okay. uh, Mini Nintendo Release Day. <laughs> right. I'm getting, hey, I'm getting three of them. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's, that's my childhood right there. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I didn't know you much of a gamer. Yeah, uh, no, nah, not too much, but you know what? Like, I mean, like, I have I have a PS4, like, I have Madden, whatever, but I'm not, like, a big gamer, but, like, I grew up with, like, a Nintendo, and the fact that I could play, like, Super Mario Brothers, you know, Zelda, like, Castlevania, like, Double Dribble, like, yeah, I, I, I grew up with that shit, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I saw it, I was like, you know what, this this would be cool, I'll, you know, well, I'll, I'll get one, you know, it's just, I don't know when I'm going to play it with, with my son, you know, whatever, but, mm-hmm. you know. And hopefully in another year or so I can start getting him into stuff. But yeah, we'll we'll do the Goldberg thing if you can get it together. We'll do it Friday as long as nothing else major breaks. Um, which I don't think it will because it's Friday. No, Survivor Series is the following week. So you know what? We'll we'll do that Friday. We'll do the Goldberg thing Friday. Okay. You know we'll do that and uh, you know and then we'll see what else. But all right, wow, it's like five oh six already. Shit. So all right, dude. I will talk to you next week. All right, later. Later. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.